0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 14 of the Game Room Podcast. I'm your host, Rome, alongside with my co-hosts. First, we have Dev. How are you doing tonight, Dev? Hey, what's up? Okay, okay. Uh, And my other co-host, Forrest. How are you doing tonight, Forrest?
1: I I got peanut butter.
0: I'm happy. There you go. Uh, We also have producer Jeff here on on the ones and twos. Producer Jeff, how are you doing tonight?
2: I'm doing excellent. Thanks for asking.
0: All right. Well, guys, we have a really fun show lined up tonight. Uh, Some of the news headlines we're talking about tonight. uh, Is a Sony State of Play coming soon? Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 Season 2 launches this week. Is it any good? Producer Jeff and I are going to talk about it. And we're going to go over last week's Nintendo Direct. Let's uh, jump right into the news headlines. Uh, First up tonight, Nintendo uh, is giving all of its employees a 10% pay raise. So it's it's a funny contrast to what we normally talk about here on the show because the last few weeks have been hey these come every company is awful they're laying off employees they're having unfair pay structures they're doing you know if you guys have you guys have been here with me you know you, you know what we're talking about just bad companies doing things to their employees um Nintendo on the other hand despite the fact that they are cutting their um their profits, their, you know, their profit expectations are not, you know, they're lowering, they're still giving their employees a 10% pay raise. Um, what what do you guys think about that?
3: Yeah, it's awesome. but... It is weird to see like, Hey, we're not going to be making much money, but here's 10% raise. Like you don't see that happening. I just think our it's our profits are going to be dwindling. Here's more money. That doesn't happen often with almost any. company. Well,
4: not dwindling. Well, yeah, we'll we'll talk about that because there is a caveat to that. Yeah, and and it costs seventy dollars. Sure.
0: Well, I'll get to well. So we were going to talk about it when we got to the direct. However, uh, the the Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, the seven dollar price tag. Nintendo's gone on record saying that not every game will be priced that way uh Pikmin 4, which is coming out in July, is priced at 60. The Metroid Prime remake that drop that shadow dropped last week during the direct, uh, it was 40. um Nintendo made it very clear that they get to dictate their prices. At the end of the day, I mean, we're going to talk about it when we get to the direct, but producer Jeff brings it up, so we're going to talk about it. Um, I-, I think that there is no other company in the world that will get l- as little complaint about a price increasing their games than Nintendo. It's like okay, Zelda is going to be 70. dollars and I'm not just saying this because I'm a Zelda fan. I'm saying this because it's Nintendo. When Nintendo was losing money to Toru Iwata, their president, literally instead of cutting employees' pay or like laying off employees, he cut his pay rate, his own pay salary, in half. Like This is just what Nintendo does. This is the culture that they have there. Um, and under, and I understand where Producer Jeff's coming from. Like Well, they are raising Zelda to $70. It's very true. They are. Uh, games are expensive, though. And it took them six years to make this game. And if there is any uh, developer slash publisher in the world who I'm going to have faith in the quality of the product they're putting out, it's going to be Nintendo. I, I agree with that. They,
3: yeah, quality-wise, they don't miss very often. No, very rarely. No, never. So, except for Pokemon, last last like two months ago. But unfortunately, Game Fre- they don't own Game Freak, you know. Yeah, they, they only just have a partnership. With yeah, them. they just—they
0: own—they own half of Pokemon with yeah. Game Freak. Oh. So. But even then, I mean, people love Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. So, like, what are we what are we talking about here? We did a tier list last week, which you should check it out, here on YouTube.com uh, slash TheBrokenTablesPodcast. Uh, we argued whether Pokemon Scarlet and Violet was an S or an A. So, clearly, Nintendo, regardless, even if it's by a degree of separation, they still hit. battles making an S, I'm just saying. Well, I, I don't get it. Again. I'm just saying. Um... But I mean, yeah, I, I think that this is great for them. And while yes, they are uh, raising their prices, um, you know, they are they are expecting to uh, to have lower to lower revenue, um, which is understanding uh, based off what we saw at the direct and also other things that we're going to talk about when we get to the main topic of the show. Um, but I thought this would be a a it it is a positive note to start off of. I think this is a pretty positive show overall. Um This felt like a good thing to start with after all the weeks and weeks and weeks of. Video game companies doing bad things to their employees. Yeah.
1: No, it's actually good that they're getting a raise, but... And, you know, that's that should ha- that's how it should be. Like, n- Nintendo should be the example, not the exception.
0: I think they said the example more times than not.
1: Yeah, no, and I get that. And I'm mm-hmm. saying, like, okay, so let, now it's time, everybody else, start, start following.
0: Well, but the, the problem is that what people are going to do is they're going to be like, well, Nintendo raised their game to $70. Yeah, that's the part guess, they're going to copy. Yes, we're going to do the same. Well, to be fair, they weren't nearly the first to do this. Sony did it first. Uh, Activision did it. Uh, EA, I believe, is doing it. 2K is doing it. Xbox is going to be starting to do it this year, although if you get Game Pass, it kind of deflects that. Um, but, you know, they're, they're hardly the first people to raise the price. I have a
1: question. I have a question for both of you, actually. Do you think... We will see a hundred dollar game like a hundred dollars for games in our lifetime,
3: not
1: without like collectible, not like a deluxe edition. Like, same way how 70 is about to be the new standard in our lifetime. Do you think a hundred dollars for a disc for your console a game will be a hundred dollars a piece?
0: I would say it really depends on inflation. Um, I don't think that the cost of video. Game, I don't think video game publishers, quite frankly, I, I'm just gonna say, it I don't think they have the balls to charge that much. I mean, seventy dollars is a big investment as it is. I I don't see video game companies charging a hundred for a base game. I think that that's a, a surefire way to fail. I think even your like even your most popular like there are gonna like if Nintendo did that for Zelda, there would be a lot of gamers who could just straight up not afford it. They would just be like, I would love to, but I can't. Um, but that being said, I think inflation is something that you have to take into account there.
1: Um,
0: you know, I I think that that matters. I agree with that, but I, I,
1: so everything has been inflated this, Mm -hmm. this last year, everything, food, groceries, bread, eggs, milk, everything. Yeah. Like now video games are doing it. We have yet to get our pay to catch up to this inflation. Correct. So I'm just, that, not even, so just, like, okay, so we know that this is the, we know that this is how the world works, we're all adults now, we understand things get more expensive as time goes on, it's just not, so just, let's just assume all things go to, stay as they are, like, I honestly can see, in by the PS7, or 8, there will be a $100 games, that are just base games, not even DLC, they're still gonna be releasing them unfinished, probably even more
0: unfinished, See, I would disagree with that just strictly because I think if you, if inflation, when inflation gets that high, that's when we have what they call a recession. Um, I'm not an economic expert by any means. I mean, you can ask our high school teacher. <laughs> he like, I was not very good at AP economics, but then again, it was AP. So what did you expect? Um, but no, it was it like, you know, prices get that high, inflation get that high. Like people just can't afford goods. And services, and then the markets collapse. So
3: yeah, another thing is a lot of things are moving digital, and just and companies are saving money
0: when people buy digitally, like and they're making more money because they're still charging the full retail yeah, price. Yeah, they're of still the game. charging so, the sixty seventy dollars. Which is
3: the thing money. that I really of I don't. I didn't. I never expected it to get cheaper when you buy digital because it should. Discs, it should get cheaper.
0: Why? Yeah. I think if because, it's because because it's you're it's cutting out a, a physical product. product. Here's the thing: when you buy a physical game, number one, the retailer gets a cut. Number two, you have to pay to pr- to produce all of those cases, all of those discs. Is it cheap in you know in a minuscule micro sense? Sure, but if you're talking about printing thousands upon thousands, like which these that's how these work. They don't just print ten copies of a game sure. and ship out. They print millions of uh, millions. Why would you do that in
3: just the gaming market? When if you buy a, a music CD, you're still paying full price whether you get it straight off of Apple Plus or you buy it with a disc. You get a movie if you you can download. You know you can add
0: the Blu-ray or how much buy are you paying it, for downloaded movies? Like, you're not paying. You're not paying thirty dollars for a downloaded movie. No, not thirty dollars. Well, That's how much no. Blu-rays cost. I know because I buy Blu-rays. They're like thirty bucks, give or take. They're like what the releases. Yeah,
3: yeah it's, it's, uh,
0: uh, it's like twenty to thirty bucks. You're paying twenty-five dollars. Let's get over with the middle. If you want to
3: watch a movie that just came out, you're
0: paying twenty dollars, fifteen, twenty dollars. That just came out. You talking about just came out in theaters? Yeah. Well, yeah. That's why. Blu-rays come out like six months after they hit theaters. No, I'm talking about, about the, the same thing. about streaming it. Regardless. Music music doesn't change apart, just because you buy it digitally. It doesn't matter. Regardless, you got to look at it this way. like They have the middleman. They have the retailer that they have to pay. They have to pay for the transportation of, of the, of the uh, physical copies. They have to pay for the creation of the physical copies. So like all of this extra cost, if you get rid of that, games shouldn't cost what they cost. No, they hey. just... that's it, factual retailers take up 20% of the cut of a game. That's why they're sending. Them. Let's check out the chat. All right, uh, TJ's here. What's up, TJ? Uh, he does agree with us on Nintendo, Nintendo's quality, Euro games isn't an issue. Um, this is only happening though because everyone else is doing it, Xbox and PlayStation. Uh, Purple says, I think everything, eventually it will all be digital. And I don't know how you can change that for a digital copy, uh, charge that for a digital co- copy. But I wouldn't be surprised if the future. It does go up to 100 T uh, TJ says, games were 60 for a long time. Adjusted for inflation, they were in the 80s or so, I believe. There might be a rise in AAA games, but that's when AA games and indie games will become more dominant. Um, Purple says she never thought the games would see 60 or 70 um, but, I vividly remember Mario Party
1: 4 being $40. <laughs> I that is, too. for some reason, stuck in my brain.
0: I remember Twilight Princess was fifty. Yeah. Mm, yeah. I remember a lot of the
1: fifty price tag games too. And then I, that I think make, that
0: was like the last game that I bought that was fifty was Twilight Princess. I think. Maybe I'm no, because the Wii the Wii's entire life I think was fifty, right? Yeah, everything from the Wii was fifty. Okay, so then no, the Twilight Princess wasn't the last one, but it was close. Um because I only bought like five games from it. So and most of them were not at launch. I think Skyward Sword was probably the last Wii game I bought. Uh-huh. Um but that was a special edition with the gold nut Wiimote, so that definitely wasn't 50 for me. Um, anyways, and uh, Blitz says hi is here. Hi Blitz. Um, no, what? <laughs> uh, he's, one so, he's one of mine. Oh, uh, what's up, Blitz? Coming over from Forest's uh, side of side of the tracks. Yeah, seriously, he's like, whoa. Oh, 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 oh. um, Anyways, uh, Blitz says, considering that Nintendo is quickly hitting the limits of what their hardware can do, I'd feel way more comfortable paying premium price for games on a Switch Pro. Mm-hmm. Uh, I agree, too. And I think, like, that's the thing. Like, when Nintendo said, hey, Tears of the Kingdom, $70, I was like, all right. <laughs> I, like, I'm sorry. It Like, it's going to be a 10 out of 10 game. Like, is there any real... Like, Devro? do you have any real doubt that Tears of the Kingdom is, isn't going to be a home run? I have zero doubt. So the only... The only
3: thing I have doubts on with that game is performance, especially on our current Switches. Sure, but the game itself? The game itself? No, I don't think so. Okay. But, I, but I'm saying I agree with Blitz is saying, where it's like, this game is going to come out, like, they're going to have a, whatever, the Switch successor, and this game is going to come out again for that. It's just a given. We're sure. going to have to pay for it again, and it's going to be another $70. Which sucks, but we're going to, I mean, I'm going to do it. I Maybe. I know you're going to do it for it, definitely. Absolutely. Yeah, you...
1: We'll, see. well i'm lucky um, i'm not gonna buy the game i'm not gonna buy the zelda game and i can wait to get the console no see what if they have
3: terror raids
0: what if they have terror raids for us
1: oh shit you know what if they have terror raids on the new one right away i'm gonna get it
0: or if go to the discord every day which you should you know for everyone else hanging out with us go to go to our discord we have a lot of fun conversations there um, Forrest goes into the Discord every day trying to trying to get me upset about terror raids. And you know what I do? I actually take a page out of your book, Dev. I just don't. I just like, okay. And I close Discord. It's like, alright. He's going he's gonna to try to get the best of me. It's, he's not going to succeed. Um, although today would have been a great day to get me. He would have gotten me today. Today is fucking terrible. But, you know, he didn't do it today, so missed opportunity on his part.
1: Um, but, you. I'm legitimate. Terror raids... Make it better. Um, anyways, <laughs> yeah, so I, I don't know.
0: I, I don't see it going to 100. Right, let's, <laughs> let's move on. Number two in our headlines Fable has reached a playable state, according to its producer. Oh, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> the next Fable title has now reached a playable state, according to its producer. The new benchmark regarding the game's progress was shared on LinkedIn by Playground Games producer vj gill uh, the producer who is leading production relating to the game's cross-discipline work stream consisting of gameplay design technical design gameplay animation engineering vfx sfx ui and more updated their profile to list new details about their work on the game according to gill's experience section uh his work includes preparing and facilitating regular game playthroughs and build reviews with key stakeholders While that doesn't indicate that Fable will be arriving anytime soon, it is a notable marker for the game's progress at the studio. Fable was entirely absent from the recent Xbox and Bethesda developer conference, which laid out details and release dates relating to the major Xbox releases, like Redfall, for the year ahead. Um, I'm very excited for Fable. Um, I think Playground Games... This is out of their wheelhouse, but I could see them definitely making this pivot. They definitely seem like a very strong developer
1: yeah
0: um the forza rising games are always very well received both by fans and critics um and i yeah i just i have faith in this game my biggest regret is i wish that xbox i understand why they had to but i wish xbox hadn't shown this off as early as they did
3: i mean they just gave it a trailer and that's it that's true so like you know no date no no expectations Hey, we're working on Fable. That's that's all we needed. Yeah, but
0: the problem is in game in in the games industry, both in the fan even more so from the fan community side, as soon as you say anything, there's yeah, always course, gonna be an expectation.
3: I'm just glad they're not doing yearly updates. They disappeared. They gave, they told us the game was coming, it's being worked on, and it disappeared. I like that. Uh,
0: that's, that's, a do. that's a good point. When yeah. you show that actually, that's
3: when the time that's when the clock starts,
0: you yeah. know. I forget, Forrest, did you play Fable? Uh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes. But I only played it for like 20 minutes because I got pissed off that I
0: had to walk on a track. You got pissed off you had to walk on a track?
1: Yeah, it was like it was like this line and I had to like follow the line. I was like trying to go into the trees
3: and shit and it wouldn't let
0: me. Well, that's
3: just the quest line. You don't have to follow it. That's just... That's the golden quest line you can follow.
0: Wait, wait seriously? You followed the quest marker and you didn't realize you didn't have to follow the quest marker? No, 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 no. It was,
1: like, I was trying to... So, like, I was trying to walk off the path. But I couldn't go into the grass. And was then... Like
0: the first five minutes of the game?
1: Probably. <laughs> well,
0: well, yeah, you gotta play the intro of the game. Like, that's just... Yeah, that's no, yeah,
1: I wasn't gelling with that at that exact day, and then I just returned it.
0: What's funny, because I actually... When we get to the game releases, I actually have a... a um... A confession. It's a story you guys will appreciate because it has to do with someone we went to high school with. But I'll get there. It's not like a super dicey story. It's just it's a funny story about a game that's coming out. It's a remake, but we'll see. Um. Anyways, let's move on. Uh, it's time for Forrest's favorite part of the show. Forrest, you know what we're about to talk about?
1: No!
0: <laughs> no. Okay, well, so Forrest, I actually did us all a favor this time. So we are going to talk about Activision Blizzard. Oh
1: my God.
0: But I put all of them together today to make it one. Tired,
1: this grandpa.
0: (laughs) That's too damn bad. Um, A lot of these are really short. I'm gonna run through these, and we'll just give our takes real quick. These aren't really very long for the most part. Um, So, firstly, um, Microsoft—they want a lot of documents from Sony for this FTC case, and Sony's not happy. As Xbox or Microsoft has sent them a 55-page set of demands um sony sony's not happy they said microsoft subpoena to sie which is sony if you're not aware is truly massive since receiving it sie has engaged in five meet and confers with microsoft served a 55 page set of detailed written responses and objections at microsoft's demand and had extensive correspondence with microsoft on the evening of February 1st of this year, SIE and Microsoft generally agreed that SIE would produce files from seven identified custodians, but numerous additional scope issues remained. SIE requested an extension of time to resolve these, but Microsoft has refused unless SIE agreed to file a partial motion to quash on the issue of Microsoft's choice two days later. This gamesmanship by Microsoft is inefficient and inappropriate. Um going on to another update that came from the financial times this past week um activision blizzard ceo bobby Kotick said that sony has stopped talking to anyone at microsoft in regards to agreements over the activision blizzard acquisition deal um there was a little bit of an update after i made the script or this part of the script uh where apparently sony said what are you guys talking about we are talking to microsoft but i don't know if bobby Kotick would just straight up say that if there wasn't some sort of lapse of communication there um, our next little bit is um. Well, so let let's stop real right there, real quick, and get your guys' takes because the next part is kind of a separate, slightly separate thing. Uh, what do you guys think about this uh this game of uh, chess right now, where Microsoft's like, all right, guys, you want to sue us? You want to make a big deal? We need 55 pages worth of shit. Well, no, the list is 55 pages.
3: Yeah. Do it. Sony has been saying. I think they recently also came out last week. They claimed that. Microsoft has been harassing them. When I guess, and, and I don't know. I don't, no, you know, I know, I know, I know. And Activision came out and said, well, Sony's trying to sabotage us all. That's true. It's just like, it's just annoying. Just be done with it. Just kiss already. Damn.
0: Just just kiss when they go. Um, <laughs> sexual attention's too high. Boris, <laughs> what would you do if somebody gave you a 55-page list of things that they needed from you? That's not even a lot for two Give up. companies. Like, 55. Yeah, but Sony's acting like well, this is ridiculous. This is outrageous. We have
3: things to do. <laughs> it's a 70 billion dollar loss. Like buy it. 55 things is that's come on. I mean,
0: also to be fair. I mean, Sony's the one that made a big fuss about this. They're the one so, that went to the FTC. This and... is like medicine.
1: This is them getting their bitter ass medicine. Yeah, this is chest. I'm down for this. I I I think this is the right kind of petty. Like this is this is hilarious. This is good news. This is good news. Uh, sending them a 55-page list of just extra documents they'd have to produce—shit, just to not, just to not. Like, I would let it go. I would just like stop at that point, just to not do all this extra paperwork. And then, if they do do all this extra paperwork, what's to stop Microsoft from just sending back even more?
0: So, Dev, this one does. This doesn't mean anything to you, but when I read this about Microsoft and the 55-page list. Um, Producer Jeff and Forrest will know what I'm talking about. I instantly thought of Chris Jericho's 1,004 moves list. <laughs> so, so Chris Jericho, pro wrestler, he goes. Uh, this was back in like the '90s, WCW. He goes and he cuts a promo, and there was this other wrestler called Dean Malenko, and Dean Malenko called himself the man of a thousand holds because he knew a thousand wrestling moves. Chris Jericho was like, Dean Malenko, you call yourself the man of a thousand holds? Well, I counted all the holds I know. And I know way more than you. I know 1,057. And I'm going to list them all right now. He grabs his paper, and the list just drops. And he's like, number one, arm bar. Number two, arm drag. Number three, the spinning Sazachuan claw snap, or something like that. And then they cut the commercial, and they come back, and he's like, number 785, arm bar. <laughs> I just, that's just what it made me think of. It's it's really it's really, really good. Uh, anyways, great. anyways uh, TJ in the chat, Microsoft stepping up about time. PlayStation has never played nice. This makes sense. It feels this is his lawyer's talking now and not Phil and his team. Good, I agree. I think that Microsoft absolutely should be clapping back. So wanted to make this a big thing. So now it's a big thing. Um, moving on, Microsoft and Activision did uh, release a response to the UK government's concern over the deal. Uh, Microsoft and Activision both responded to the mar- the comp- competitions and market authorities' concerns over the acquisition. Um, the UK government CMA published its provisional findings uh, last week on February 8th, which raised concerns over the deal potentially leading to higher prices, fewer choices, and less innovation for gamers. Xbox exclusivity over Activision's premier franchise, Call of Duty, was frequently mentioned in the report. But Microsoft has maintained its desire to bring these games to other platforms. They said, we are committed to offering effective and easily forcible solutions that address the CMA's concerns, said Microsoft Corporate Vice President and Deputy General Counsel, Rima Ali. That's a great title, that's a long title. Mm-hmm. Microsoft Corporate Vice President and Deputy General Counsel. Me. Okay. What well, means that they're the Corporate Vice President and they are also the Deputy <laughs> General Counsel. Okay. What does a Deputy General Counsel do? I'll admit, I have no idea what that does. Um, They go on to say, Our commitment to grant long-term 100% equal access to Call of Duty to Sony, Nintendo, Steam, and others preserves the deal's benefits to gamers and developers and increases competition in the market. 75% of respondents to the CMA's public consultation agree that the deal is good for competition in UK gaming. Um, Our last little leg of the update uh, kind of piggybacks off of this. Um, where some analysts have predicted that Xbox, Activision, Blizzard deal will close soon, despite these UK objective uh, objections. Um, shortly after the CMA published its provisional findings, which we just mentioned, uh, analysts Nick McKay and Michael Pachter. Well, I remember I actually used to watch Michael Pachter back in the day. He was like he was a pretty prominent like YouTube guy, like early gaming YouTube. Um, but anyways, um, they released this statement. We read today's, this was last week, we read today's release as a signal that the UK knows it has a a losing legal argument. In our view, the FTC figured this out late last year and rushed the file suit to block the merger in hopes of being the first to extract concessions from Microsoft. We believe that the CMA reached the same conclusion during its review and accelerated its formal objection to the deal and proposed remedies in order to step in front of the FTC and gain bragging rights. The FTC has yet to offer proposed remedies, and the CMA, by listing onerous structural remedies, has positioned itself to be the dragon slayer in this action. We expect Microsoft's acquisition of Activision to close no later than mid-May. Um, I thought this was actually a really great take by guys who actually like study how these corporations work and how the games industry works on an industry industry side, they're basically saying that while Microsoft and Sony are currently waging uh, a petty war, you have the CMA and the FTC knowing that this they're not going to stop this deal, but they're doing it so they can be like, we were the ones that made this deal good for everybody. And I think that that's really funny. Yes. Uh, that's why I wanted to share it. I thought it was, this is all just a big fucking game to everybody. <laughs> like, Forrest is over here pulling his hair out, having the worst time. He comes on the podcast every week knowing we're going to talk about this. And it's just it's just a game to everyone. They're all laughing at you, Forest.
3: I did hear that. It's uh, fine. They had like a list of issues they had with the deal, and Microsoft keeps coming up with solutions, but nobody wants to look at it. They're like, exactly. we exactly. We don't see
0: that. We just no Sony too. It's like, hey Sony, here's a ten year deal for starters, and they're like, oh, I don't know about that. I don't know if I'm signing that. We want to make sure Call of Duty's on PlayStation for the next ten years. Like, here's the deal. Uh, it says ten years, but does it mean ten years? No, it does. It's a legally binding contract. Yeah, just make it longer. You can <laughs> do it overwork. <laughs> you kind of can though. Like, fifty five you know, pages. Contract can stay forever. I say for 20. years. whatever. You're right. Okay, that's fine. 20 years. Yeah. But I. Think, at the end of the day, that is bad business though. Like you, you do have to kind of keep renewing deals. Like, who if knows what happen. Anyway, just make it a contract. What if somebody came out like in 15 years, and they were like, you know what, we like, we liked Hitler. Well, you don't want to do business with those. You don't. It's like Kanye. Like you know, he plays the right Nazis. <laughs> it's not that difficult. <laughs> Anyways, let's move on. Number four on the news headlines: uh, we have some updates on AEW Fight Forever. Uh, the first was a tweet coming from Andrew Zarian, uh, the wrestling media. Uh, he spoke to an old colleague who is deep in the gaming world. Um, they mentioned to Andrew Zarian that AW Fight Forever is currently slated for a Q2 of this year, quarter two of this year, uh, release. Um, That would kind of coincide with what we talked about last week about the GameStop signage. Q2, April, sounds about right. Um, Also, AW Fight Forever finally, after many tries, secured its T for Teen rating. Yay!
1: Um,
0: so, this comes from WrestleZone.com. A uh, major hurdle preventing the release of AEW Fight Forever has been cleared. Earlier this month, it was revealed that issues with securing the teen rating for AEW Fight Forever had prevented the announcement of a release date for the game. Fight Forever had been planned to release as early as September of last year, and at one point, we expected it to, or and was expected to release later this month in February. But the issues with the ESRB have been fixed, and AEW Fight Forever officially secured its T 14 rating. Excuse me. The following is the description of AEW Fight Forever according to the ESRB. This is a wrestling game in which players compete in matches with wrestlers from the AEW roster. Players use punches, kicks, and grappling maneuvers to drain their opponent's health. In some matches, e.g. barbed wire, stadium stampede, and unsanctioned matches, Players can use barbed wire baseball bat, barbed wired comma baseball bats, uh, metal chairs, and Molotov cocktails (laughs) against opponents, eventually resulting in submission and or knockouts. Blood splatter effects can occur during matches, staining the mats, video footage of real matches also depict blood on wrestlers' faces and bodies. The game contains some mildly suggestive material, female wrestlers in revealing outfits, E.g. deep cleavage, bunny outfits Shout out to the bunny Partially exposed buttocks um, Wrestlers Performing taunting gestures Like the crotch chop and slapping butto- Buttocks um, Real footage sometimes depicts Wrestlers drinking alcohol and Smoking. The word shit Is heard in the game Oh no that All of this made it into the game And the ESRB finally gave it a T because the big thing was the blood. It was the blood that apparently was getting the M rating. I'm sure they had to turn it down a bit. Yeah. Are there Molotov cocktails? that I just. Uh, I missed out? I don't think I've ever. I mean, not nine. Not maybe in CZW. Maybe in deathmatch wrestling. Producer Jeff, have you ever seen a wrestling match where they used a Molotov cocktail as a weapon?
2: I cannot say that I have, but I'm, I'm, I'm assuming the idea came from the gas can with people with lighters. You know what I mean? And I, I you know they were yeah. like how do we do this in the game
0: <laughs> i bet you eddie kingston was like hey remember the thing i did last year at the paper yeah when i was gonna light chris jericho on fire like can we do that in the video game?
2: <laughs> yeah and danielson wanted to kill him yeah
0: yeah but they had to do it in a cheap you know what it probably wasn't a cocktail originally a molotov it was probably originally like hey pour gasoline on someone light them on fire and they were like yes that's m for mature, that's m for mature. Yep. what if we do a molotov cocktail those are fun I was like okay t for teen it's fine
1: yeah, it was, um, that was the, that was the nail that uh, kicked it over. That was the needle mover right there. Ah, yes, just a flaming bottle to the face. Sure.
0: And then our last little update about AEW Fight Forever is that the game uh, there's a rumor going around that it will be featured during IGN's Fan Fest next next week, which takes place on February seventeenth and eighteenth, which I believe is actually this week now. Again, this was this article was last week. Yes, this week. It is. That's this weekend. Yes, Friday and Saturday. Um, so we could get a release date as early as this weekend.
1: Right now,
0: <laughs> Shadow Drop. Uh, I'm really excited for this game. I'm I'm very much looking forward to it. As I know, Forrest, you're looking forward to the Creator Wrestler feature in the Creation Suite. Uh, yes, Bruce yes Jeff, very much. So. Rooster Jeff also super excited for the game.
1: Well, now I know that now that I know VTubers can throw Molotov cocktails at each other in my video game. That's I'm oh. I'm sold.
0: I think that's all Forrest has ever wanted. You can it's create. I've never a... wanted. I just want. I just want VTubers
1: throwing Molotov cocktails at each other.
0: That's all I'm saying. You can create VTubers, fight, have them fight each other, and throw Molotov cocktails at each other. This is ten Forrest's out of ten. Dream, Forrest's dream game. Radio. My dreams have come true. AEW has saved professional wrestling, and now they've saved video games. Yes. All right, number five on our news headlines. A Sony state of play is rumored to be happening uh, in the near future. This comes from Jeff Grubb on Twitter. Uh, Jeff says, I see people keep... uh," Well, so originally he said it on his Games Mess Decides, uh, where it said uh, there should be a smaller low-key state of play in the next four weeks. Sony saves some announcements for a big boy showcase, which should happen before E3, um, according to Jeff Grubb. Uh, Jeff goes on to clarify, he says, I see people keep saying March for the state of play. Uh, but he thinks it's more likely to happen before the end of February. So we should be getting a state of play in the coming coming two weeks. That's cool. Not a major one.
3: But people something. always forget, like they always announce beforehand, hey, this won't be a big one,
0: and then they'll put a small one out and people will get disappointed. It's like I feel yeah, I feel like the state of plays are often disappointments. Which is not, not always entirely fair. It's it's not it's just factual. People just generally find them to be disappointed. Yeah. But Blitz, Blitz says hi, wants a uh, Bloodborne remaster, and that is why people get disappointed at these Sony State of Play. See, my point has been proven. Somebody in our chat's like, I just want a Bloodborne remaster at the State of Play. Honestly,
3: that's what every every company, though. There's always that one thing you want, and you don't get it.
0: Yeah, but the problem every
3: is... time. But the problem is that... In the, Man, I really hope they get this from this company, and you just but, don't but get it. But the
0: problem is the, they these other companies' to showcases usually at least have something. Yeah. You, the Sony State of Plays, they, they generally just don't show much in terms of first-party games. It's
1: yeah, still- they just put out an orchestra. There you go. I'm wow. still not over it.
0: He's still <laughs> not over it. You he hold a grudge. I do. Mm-hmm.
1: Last but of Us no. 2 Orchestra, wasting my time.
0: But, I mean, no, I mean, the, the State of Plays, they, they show good games. I've watched every single one, but it's just factual, Dev. They just don't – they usually don't show their first-party stuff at the State of Plays – it, it's like watching a Nintendo Direct without any Nintendo games. Like, it's just, like, there might be some stuff in there that's interesting as hell, but, like, if we were to, like, if we were to take any of the Nintendo Directs you've ever seen, Dev, and you take out all of the first-party Nintendo stuff, can you think of any Direct where you're like, wow, that's a great Direct still?
3: No.
0: Exactly. But I also
3: can't think of any, like, Sony's State of Plays that didn't show off. It happens
0: party stuff. all the time. I'm just saying.
3: You say so.
0: I promise. I watch all of them. And there's good games. Like, for example, the Resident Evil 4 remake got announced at a State of Play. That was dope. It's not a first-party game, though. But, I don't know. Still looking forward to seeing more gaming news. It's always fun. All right. Well, next up on the news headlines, we got a uh, a bit of a leak for Call of Duty 2023. uh, Some information about it coming from Insider Gaming. There's been a lot of confusion about Activision's next entry into the Call of Duty franchise as of late, but Insider Gaming has been able to verify with its sources that there will be a fully fledged Call of Duty 2023 title. Previous rumors had suggested the game will be premium DLC for Modern Warfare 2, and although that appears to have been true at one point, Insider Gaming understands that the project changed direction to become a full premium standalone release planned for 2023. As for the content of the title, the details are scarce but the game will be heavily connected to the Modern Warfare series. If recent Call of Duty tells to go by, though, expect a lot of remastered maps for multiplayer. Um, let's see. The game's associated with Modern Warfare series, which suggest the game could be called Modern Warfare 3, but Insider Gaming was unable to verify the game's name at this time, as it's not decided. Uh, one key detail about the game, though, is that according to Bloomberg's Jason Schreier, the game will be developed by Sledgehammer Games. This is a key detail that Insider Gaming was able to corro- corroborate. But it's understood that the title is a huge collaborative project across, across all of Activision's Call of Duty studios, like most of their COD games are these days. Insider Gaming has also been able to verify the year's title is scheduled to have two week, have two beta weeks, an early access campaign period, and a full marketing strategy consisting with premium, uh, past premium releases. In addition, they were also able to verify that the next entry will still be released on past generation consoles. That's a major L. That's, 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 that's actually not good. Um, as for current dates, these are the current planned dates according to the uh, the source. Uh, beta Weekend 1 will, be, will take place October 6th. Beta Weekend 2. Beta Weekend 1 exclusive to PlayStation. Hmm, more exclusive stuff. Yeah, beta Weekend. Bro, it doesn't matter. It's Call of Duty. It's a beta weekend. It's Call of Duty. We have a headline coming up that's going to prove my point. Yes, it's a beta weekend. Anyways. Anyway. Uh, I'm sorry. Four days. October 6th to October 12th. Oh, 10th. I'm sorry. Four days. Yeah, that's... Beta Weekend 2 will be October 12th to October 16th. The campaign early access will start November 2nd. And currently, this year's Call of Duty is planned to release on November 10th. Producer Jeff, do you have any thoughts on... Uh, this change in direction for call of duty originally they were just going to do uh like a premium expansion for modern warfare 2 but now they're they're doing a whole nother game do you have any take on this
2: uh fix this game first please that's that's my entire take on this i'm like so have you given up and you're already started on your next project and you're just like never mind on the on warzone 2 like (laughs) is that where we're at just give it up
0: if they're going to make Warzone 2 Warzone 1 you might as well just throw Warzone 2 in the trash what's the
2: point like anyway. so here's how i look at it it should have never been called Warzone 2 in the first place it should have been a new map a whole new map with whole new guns and all that like have you seen how PUBG has stayed alive for almost a decade now by just adding a new map almost every other year okay and new guns like PUBG has survived for a decade doing this
0: and so I, I won't disagree with that point However, Warzone 1, utter dog shit.
2: Yeah, just fix what was bad about it. You know what I mean? You don't have to make Warzone 2.
0: Warzone 2, they took what was bad about it and they made it better. Sorry.
2: I get it, but, you know, I'm just saying, like.
0: Anyways, we'll get into it, Jeff. We we do have a a Call of Duty headline for the two of us to kind of tackle together in a little bit. Um, But that was a really good uh, tie-in for us because the next story is about the PUBG developers. Uh, PUBG's developers are creating an Escape from Tarkov rival. Uh, Late last year, it was revealed that PUBG Studios, the developer behind the game of the same name, was working on an Escape from Tarkov rival. Now, by the way of information uncovered in a financial report, more details on that project have been released. Uh, In recent years, the extraction shooter concept has been explored by a few developers, but it's yet to be fully fleshed out. It's a niche that was pioneered by Escape from Tarkov, and since then, franchises like Call of Duty... hopped on the bandwagon that's slowly gathering steam um the the title is called it's right now it's called project black budget um obviously the game won't be called that but that's just the code name that they're currently working with uh yeah i like that black budget that's good um and, and uh sorry i lost my spot there we go um, this is quoted to be an ever-changing PvP-VE open world with satisfying gunplay that delivers unpredictable and existing experiences. Um, I i have actually wanted to get back into PUBG. I mean, I, I stopped playing PUBG when Blackout came out because Blackout was PUBG, but it played, played well. Um, plus, it did other things that I really liked, but it was very comparable, at least in my eyes, to PUBG. Um, I don't know i keep seeing like videos from escape from tarkov it looks like a fun game i've never played it though yeah i've
3: seen it's a lot of, of like a
0: gulag right yeah. well it's like
3: it's like it's like it says it's pv
0: it's PvPV. PV. Yeah. if you've played call of duty's dmz which the call of duty mouth breathers don't like it but what else is new um mm. but that genre is picking up steam dropping a squad of players into a map with both human enemies and AI enemies. And it kind of works AI. the
3: same way as uh, if you ever played The Division, where, like, you got to extract your weapon. Right, so. yeah. All that stuff's kind of cool. So yeah, there's, like...
1: a, um, there's another one. Uh, one of my uh, – one of the people I watch, uh, it was, it's called uh, Hunt Showdown?
3: Yeah, I know you're talking about the horror one, right?
1: Yeah, it's like hard, but you got like you kind of got some powers and stuff. But like it's PvPeVe. Yeah, it's and I was watching some gameplay, and it's actually pretty dope. Like I don't like that kind of stuff. I'm a I'm a little scaredy bitch. But um, I also was like, okay, wait, this isn't that scary. And also like, the moments are kind of funny too. Darker than dark is that with D and D mixed in? Okay, yeah, because Darker dark than Dark just came out. Yeah,
0: that's cool. But well, yeah, I, I'm interested to see where this genre goes. I mean, this does feel like the next big hit genre. You know, if you know what I mean, in terms of shooters, yeah. like Battle Royale was really big, and I feel like this is going to be the next, the next step.
3: Yeah, the only time I've experienced a gameplay like this is in a division when you go into the dark zones, and you gotta like. That you worry about everything so
0: yeah it's pretty fun tj says hunt showdown is made by Crytek. really good game pvpv how fast do you think you could say that pvpv 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 pvv Because the PVP.
1: shit i summoned an evie damn it
0: <laughs> all right next up uh remedy has given us an update on their games like alan wake 2 control 2 and the max rain max rain max pain remakes Uh, In Remedy's 2022 financial report, CEO Tara Vertala has revealed a few juicy details on the games it has in production, uh, which were the games I listed, Alan Wake 2, Control 2, and Max Payne 1 and 2, also codenamed Condor and codenamed Vanguard. Um, Here's what they had to say. According to Vertala, Alan Wake 2 will soon have all content in place. It is playable from start to finish. We will then move on to polishing the experience. Alan Wake is a unique brand that holds high value for the company today. Interestingly, Vitala does go on to reveal that the Alan Wake Remastered has not yet generated royalties for the company, but expects sales of the Remastered to increase with the release of Alan Wake 2. Uh, Alan Wake 2 announced, it was announced back in 2021 at the Game Awards, expected to launch sometime this year. As for Control 2, which was announced last year, Remedy now has detailed concepts on the game's vision, and all creative areas including the gameplay, narrative, and art uh vertala says remedy is pleased with the work the team has done and as of january 2023 the game has progressed into the proof of concept stage uh you were a big fan of control yeah were, yeah control was really good
3: and alan wake
0: i, I, I love, love alan wake.
3: wake i have to finish it we talked about this mm-hmm. i didn't finish it it's on our list i
0: think yeah i love Alan. i
3: love control so
0: yeah remedy makes such good games yeah. they are such a good developer yeah they really are and you know what they take their time never played a Max Payne game, but I heard that's a
3: loved franchise. Yeah. I have. I haven't played them. I've uh, watched it.
1: Oddly enough, my dad was super into Max Payne, well, and I, I would watch him movies. play it.
0: Did they make movies for Max Payne?
1: Yeah, it wasn't good. <laughs> okay, I going? think it was, um, I think the movie was Mark Wahlberg?
0: That makes sense. I can see that. Yeah. Move the like yeah. Mark Wahlberg, yep. yep. i like yep. yep. looking at a picture to right now. Like, that's totally Mark Wahlberg. I totally, yeah, I can't not see it now. Um,
1: yeah, it's, it was 2008.
0: Uh, Remedy, uh, they go on to say Remedy service based game, which is codenamed Condor. That's a nice, I like that code name as well. Uh, that is still in a proof of concept stage. Problem is, it's a service based game, so you know. Um, they're making sure that the, the uh, the core gameplay is solid. Uh, we are building the right team and production model for the game and are patiently progressing with development. Is that the one that's supposed to be in the Control universe? I don't know. Okay. Um, another game, under the codename Vanguard, is also still in proof-of-concept stage. Ritala notes that in the fall of last year, Remedy decided to delay significant expansion of the development team until 2023 and has kept Vanguard in proof-of-concept stage. Uh, the vanguard team has made progress and continues to work on core gameplay and meta game development as well as providing the application of remedy style style narrative and world building uh, the development team has been strengthened by key select hires they also say that the max Payne one and two remakes are in the concept stage as well announced last year vertala says the project has made good progress and that team is looking forward to bringing this beloved character alive again to a new generation of consoles and a new generation of fans Rounding off the report, R- Vertala notes that starting from 2023, Rem- Remedy will be launching a new game per year, accompanied by additional free and paid content. I'm excited for Remedy. I think they have a lot of good stuff coming down the pipeline, and having a game a year, they've really set themselves up for success here. Yeah.
4: Okay. Hopefully in a rush to
0: make good games. Next up, uh, this comes from pushsquare.com. According to a survey, Call of Duty is the main reason people buy a PS5/slash PS4. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so this this is coming, like I said, from pushsquare.com. It doesn't really come as a huge surprise, but call of duty's over overall popularity on PlayStation consoles is being used as an argument. Oh, I guess that this is technically a, a tie-in. Uh, this survey is being used as an argument for the Microsoft Ac- Activision Blizzard acquisition. Um, the surveys, uh, the CMA found that 88% of users buy PlayStation due to the availability of one or more games. And that 88%, a, a whopping 73%, said Call of Duty was that game. Uh, and it's an interesting uh, statistic, considering that, like, we kind of out that PlayStation's biggest thing is it's first party releases. Um, I mean, honestly, this is what I've been talking about. I mean, I I totally believe this number and I totally believe this stat. I mean, PlayStation pays a lot of money to get exclusive content for call of duty every year. They get the marketing rights. They get the first beta, which like, that's how they get you. They're like, like, Hey, you want to play the beta now? Pre-order the game. And then you go to pre-order the game and they're like, oh sorry, it's just for PlayStation. Like they're trying to manipulate the gamers into thinking that it's only coming to PlayStation, which is asinine. I mean, again, Call of Duty mouth they're just gonna be like, you oh, know, it must be a PlayStation exclusive game. But I don't know. I thought this was a really interesting stat though. What 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 are your take on this on this on this stat here that like seventy three percent of the people in the survey, they don't they don't care about the first party games, they just wanna play Call of Duty. I
4: don't know, I, I think it, it makes sense,
3: only mm. because there's more PlayStations out there in the wild, like, it's the same reason why I get why they have all these deals with, with, with PlayStation, with, will if, you, if, okay, if I was Activision and I, and I had to advertise on a console, I'm mm. going to choose PlayStation 5. Why? Because there's 30 million units out there versus the 20 million Xbox units out
0: there. That's a whole 10 million eyes who get to, you know, it's it's, it's just it's, it's a numbers game. See, I would argue though, the I, devil's advocate here, wouldn't it be more beneficial for you to make sure that people know that your game is coming to both consoles, since obviously you combine both user bases, it's going to be bigger than any one user base. Yeah, for sure. So why would you why would you go out of your way to make it make it exclusive, seem like it's exclusive to a PlayStation brand? People brain? are you're really, like, oh man, I have Xbox. Excuse-
3: they're leaning to they're leaning towards PlayStation. It, it's beneficial for both companies. Why why is that a bad thing? I,
0: so I will know. you will you finally will you finally concede that it is important it is important that PlayStation is paying for this exclusive content because every time we talk about it off the podcast, you constantly shrug it off like oh it's not that big of a deal. No, I, I think it's 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 a huge deal. It's business. It's not I never said it wasn't business. I'm okay, saying it's okay, a huge deal though. It's not a huge deal
3: for PlayStation to get beta weekends and for you to say that's the same and exclusive, modes. And exclusive yeah, oh i'm sorry in the skins and, for you know, to all of call of duty is that is insane of all i'm not comparing to all of, call of duty. you do it every time you say oh look they're buying this commercial <laughs> a commercial on you're like hey but that game's on both systems so mm-hmm. he's throwing money it's like you can't compare that to all of call of duty for the past 20 years call of duty has been the best selling game for 17 of the past
0: 20 years. Sure. I never argue that. It's the biggest game. It's it's the biggest game franchise. I'm just saying that this stat it's, proves my point that they spend all they spend all this money to lock content. Saying, to like, lock content. They spend money Yeah. Yeah, that's just how it works. I like how you're you're spinning this when like every time we've ever talked about it, you're just like it's not that big of a deal. Because. It doesn't affect anything. You say it all the time, it doesn't affect anything. It does, absolutely does. 70% 77% of it's players not, go it that way affect,
3: because it of the exclusive stuff. It's not that it doesn't affect anything. It's no different. It's it's so much different than buying all of Call of Duty. To own Call of Duty is so much bigger than to have a skin and an outfit.
0: Right, but they've made it clear that it's Let's not going to be exclusive.
3: Hey, I can play the beta for
0: four days before you can. Sure, but they've, what they've, does that matter? they've made it clear that it's not going to be exclusive. They all, they've offered 10-year deals to both. It just, in it just Sony and Nintendo 10 years that's nothing. 10 years is nothing. 10 years is 10, 10 20 years. It should it's 10 20 years. Jeff minimum. is like 70,
3: he's gonna be dead in 10 years. 20 years should be minimum. I'm sorry, Jeff. I'm saying that. Or again, the biggest game 17 times in a row in the past 20 years. The only three games bigger than that Red Dead Redemption, GTA 5, and I think uh, Elden Ring. It's 20. Yeah. Like, come on. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. So for, for so for Sony to buy some skins and some outfits and wait, a- hold on.
0: Forrest. Forrest, what did you do in the chat to get timed out by the night bomb?
2: <laughs> Too much popcorn. <laughs> um, so let me producer Jeff jump in here real quick. So if anybody's been wondering why PlayStation doesn't want the whole Activision Blizzard deal to go down, this is exactly why. Yeah. Um this is literally showing you why they don't want that deal to go down. There are many players left that still don't realize how cross-platform uh, Call of Duty has gotten. So if you got 88% of people buying a PlayStation saying, oh, it's for COD, it's like, do you even realize it's on the Xbox and PC at this time? Like, do you even know that? So th- that, that's the whole reason PlayStation is going against this so much, because if they lose... Completely, like that's a that's a big deal. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, we just we just lost Rome's video.
0: Oh no!
3: Why? He's still here. I don't know. Open that back <laughs> up. looking right at him. He is still in the room. He did not <laughs> no, give I, us I the I've left. So give it, Dev. Uh, uh, give, uh, give it to uh, us uh, like it's uh, 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 a. The Sony tape. assassin. The Sony
0: assassin yeah. has taken me yeah, out. He's, he's down. He got him. They got him. TJ in the chat saying Devros stick it to Rome. I look, like, I'm not like yeah. I don't, There's not a disagreement. Yeah, what what I'm saying is that
3: a lot of the things that Sony are buying, it's it's pocket change compared to owning all of the places. Absolutely, of the place. never said that. Never said that wasn't the case. I, I'm saying that it's it's comparing those things to all of Call of Duty, like saying, oh, they're buying a the commercial, oh, they're buying a the skin, oh, they're they're putting all this out. Oh, there's a map that we can play, and it's. And like yeah, having it for a year. I think you told me they did it for a year for one map. That's that's a little insane. But yeah, we, mode's going. They... But we play times exclusive. This is nothing new, and it's it's very small. Right. In the in the bucket of. All I'm saying,
0: all I'm saying, and I'm gonna keep looking at you now because the camera's off. Producer Jeff, let me know when the camera's off because I like looking at everyone I talk to.
2: It's it's off. You haven't come back yet. I don't know what happened.
0: Well, that's fucking weird. Let well, me check the stream. My world. I'm still live You're on the stream. Man. I don't, on that, man. Still there on the stream lab. Anyways, anyways. I'm not saying that it doesn't matter like it's not like I'm not saying it's the same thing. Sorry my train my train of thought got derailed. Um but like I don't have any sympathy is what I'm saying when Sony is like I'm more of a like I want to see these companies build themselves up rather than hurting each other. Like I don't like timed exclusives in general. I'm just not a fan of it and like I'm not going to get mad for Xbox doing the same thing Sony's doing like I'm just I just I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to get upset about it. So when I see Xbox buying Activision Blizzard, number 1, I absolutely want Xbox to buy Activision Blizzard strictly because Activision Blizzard is a terrible company. I agree. Like like Deborah, like I'm not saying the deal shouldn't go
3: through. I, right. I mean, no, I, think I agree the, that the deal should go through and I think it will go through. I just I see why Sony's fighting so hard.
0: Frederich, sure. I'm going to leave the stream lab real quick. Yeah, right. leave it and join back in.
3: I'm going to join back in. Um I, I see why they're fighting so hard, and I understand it. Whereas you you think they're fighting a battle you think they're being petty, whereas I see it as a necessity for Sony for their company. Like
0: I think no, I think if, they're fighting if you're fighting a losing battle you you're being petty. But you have to fight it. you they but they're, but the thing is that you would have to fight it. am I back, Jeff?
2: Uh, not, yeah. give me a minute.
3: ok. So, I joined it. So
0: back. This whole news story is that, what
3: is it? 75% of people 70, who buy yeah, seventy seven. Seventy-seven people who buy a PlayStation 5 are getting it for X for Call of Duty. They're getting that in Call of Duty. Right. That's why you fight it.
0: But here's my thing. If they've made it clear that they aren't going to make Call of Duty exclusive, that's the point where it gets where it's not about that. It's not about them no, losing it, call of duty no, it's, it's about them losing the leverage of having the exclusive content no
3: that's I, what it's about no because 10 years is nothing 10 years is is no time that's after. how
0: business works all the like business not like that yeah because, you don't sign a 20-year contract but that's why you fight look because at because of, look <laughs> at football. outside of patrick mahomes do you like the best tom brady tom brady you know what his deals look like three-year deals two-year deals you don't sign someone to 10 20 years that's just not how it no, works get that, but
3: that's why you find it because there's a possibility this is your best, this is the game that sells your console. There's a possibility that in ten years you don't have it because in ten years, if they, if it's if it's somebody else on the with the reins of uh, Microsoft, they don't have to put call of duty on PlayStation five if they don't want to. They're not legally obligated after that ten years. Xbox has made it really clear
0: that so like they've been very transparent. you look at like here's my thing. Look at Bethesda. Look at how they've handled Bethesda. They have been very transparent from day one how they were gonna handle Bethesda. So why would you expect them to do anything different with Call of Duty? Because Bethesda is not Activision. Sure, but it's still, it's still an indication of how you do business. Xbox but has made it
3: clear- Scrolls, Fallout, that is not Call of Duty. Those games have never been best for
0: a year. I'm not arguing that. But what I'm, what I'm saying is Xbox has made it really clear that they care about their partnerships in gaming. We just saw Goldeneye come to the Nintendo Switch. They didn't have to do that. But that's
3: how you win this battle. That's how you
0: and, and We saw we saw Banjo kazooie come to the NSO last year. It was already on Xbox. Microsoft did not have to do that.
3: No, but there was they gained nothing. You're forgetting two things. None of those things you're saying is Call of Duty. You're but it's how
0: it is still Call the of point of, of the relationships in the business. It's that's Xbox's true. business model. It doesn't matter. Like it does matter how big Call of Duty yes, is. is. I'm not bad saying bad. it doesn't. What I'm saying is it's all about the business model that they are presenting themselves. Game Pass is the is the thing. It's yes. the, it. That, it's is the why reason. it. that is why Sony fights it.
3: That's why you fight it. But it'll still be on PlayStation. So if you have these PlayStation the games who cool get Call of Duty,
0: it's still there. For the next ten years it's guaranteed. But you're gonna say I'm gonna keep it. I just don't thing. see Xbox Game Studios changing on this. Oh, yeah. If they say hey, we want them to have we want there to be more places to play Call of Duty. Not less. If it's the same thing with Minecraft. Minecraft is still available on everything. And you can say they're not the same thing, but Minecraft is one of the most popular and highest selling games of all time, period. And look at how they've treated the Minecraft IP. This my, Minecraft was bought years ago. Years ago it was the first acquisition that Xbox made. And guess what's coming out on April 28th? A Minecraft game. Guess where it's coming out on? Everywhere. Yeah. Do you know how, like, again, Minecraft is such a huge IP. Do you know how easy it would be for Microsoft to just be like Minecraft Legends coming exclusively to Xbox? It'd
3: be pretty easy.
0: They and like but there is, is the and you know what? There would be a lot of kids who would see the commercial and at Christmas time be like, I want the new Minecraft game. Yeah. Dad, I or mom, I need an Xbox because that's the only place to play it. No, instead they're like, We're gonna put it on Switch and we're gonna put it on PlayStation because we don't care. Like, I like Imagine if you brought- Xbox is a very anti console war stance in the sense that like they don't care if you buy an Xbox. They care if you buy their games or if you buy their their subscription service. They want to put Game Pass on PlayStation. They don't want to put PlayStation out of business. They want to be on PlayStation. That's the point and that's why you're not going to see Call of Duty leave PlayStation. It's just not going to happen.
3: We had this argument when they first bought Bethesda and I said, "Do you think we're going to they're going to make those games?" Exclusive to Xbox, and you said you do not spend that amount of money on a mm-hmm. game to put it on other consoles. Again, you do not spend seventy billion dollars on a on that on. It's but they're not turning party. on
0: one game, though. That's the problem.
3: Yeah, but of that seventy billion dollars, I assume maybe at least sixty or generates It's going to generate revenue. All that money, that is like, gonna it, Xbox is going to make it. Like you said, they bought Bethesda. You do not spend that amount of money and put that game on every console, especially if it's a system seller. Call of Duty is the system seller. is the number one system seller.
0: That's fair. Um, TJ says uh, TJ said a few things in the chat. Uh, Jeff, I, is my video still down?
2: It is still down. I cannot fix it without restarting our stream.
0: Do you want to move over to Discord?
2: Uh, yeah, let's see how that works because um, it's going to split you guys into two. So give me one sec here. Okay, Yeah.
0: well I'm going to jump out of this, this, this stream labs. Yeah, it's fine. And then I'm going to jump into the Discord. Um
3: so heated
0: we're breaking we're breaking um oh man it looks like my camera is just completely and even the discord thought maybe it's me hold on 12nd i i'm gonna leave yeah, it
2: unplug the camera and plug it back in
0: don't forget to blow on it like a cartridge there you go I, i'm back on the discord so <sighs> like again i'm not saying that but i'm just saying this idea like and I understand your, your point. You want Sony to fight it because you like they're well, you don't want Sony to fight it. You so you're saying Sony's fighting it because they it. have to fight for their they own, it. Yeah. I understand that point. I just don't see it that way. I just okay. don't I think at the end of the day, Sony is extremely butthurt because they lose the control that they have over the series. Which they do. They absolutely do lose that control. But I, I don't think that like again, I'm not a fan of timed exclusives. Like it's one thing for you to pay for the development of a game. Like for example, Bayonetta. You look at Nintendo. They Bayonetta 2 was not going to happen unless Nintendo, they knocked on Platinum, they gave Platinum Games a phone call. They were like, hey, uh, people aren't doing the Wii U. We really need some mature rated games for for the older audience. Okay, well like, are you guys making a Bayonetta 2? And they said, No, we're not making a Bayonetta 2. And they were like, Okay, well, we're gonna pay for it. Can you make it? And they're like, Oh hell yeah, if you're gonna pay for it. Yeah, and Apple Bayonetta is a Nintendo character because Nintendo fronts that build to Platinum every single time. Yeah. Bayonetta is like blowing up. The director's like, "Oh, we got nine games. Oh, we're working with Nintendo money. We got nine Bayonetta games in the, that we want to make." Like, but that's what I'm saying. It's like, it, it's it's one thing to do that, but it's another thing for Sony to take this work that was made by a completely different entity and put money on it to make it exclusive, even if it's to a certain degree. Like, that's that's my take on it. Um, uh, like, I get it. I get why they need to fight it, but I, I just, I, mean, I do disagree with it. Just read more of the chat. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Um, I don't know how to look at the camera now that I'm back. Let's see. TJ says, um, PlayStation isn't being petty. Uh, I think there's a little bit more to that, actually. Book no, says, no, no. Bethesda, so RIP Elder Scrolls. Elder Scrolls is going to be on Xbox. Like, but again, Bethesda, they were very clear what they were doing with Bethesda. They made it clear, like, hey, Elder Scrolls has a history on Xbox. We're going to make Elder Scrolls but exclusive. It's clear as they're being, you can tell they're using a lot of legal talk. The game... But no, they're saying, like, hey, these, like, we are really, Bethesda games are going to be exclusive, depending on the game. I'm saying
3: with Call of Duty, in 10 years' time, Call of Duty could not be on PlayStation.
0: I get your point. I and mean, like, for those in the chat and those watching, like, just to be very clear i play all all three of the consoles. I have an Xbox Series X, a PS5, and a Switch. I have no hooks in this race. I really don't. Like, I I have all three consoles. Call of Duty were to be exclusive to any of them, I would just buy it on that console. It doesn't matter to me. Um. Let's see. TJ says, Activision Call of Duty is worth a significant percentage to Sony as per annual reports, which he is correct about that. Um... If that's 30%, then that means the 7% goes to Xbox, that 70% goes to Game Pass, goes to Xbox revenue to get more exclusive games. Um, Blitz says, I can assure you if PlayStation continues to outsell Microsoft post Activision merger, that is going to be the trump card. I really don't believe that, I just don't agree. I really don't. I like, could I be wrong? I mean, obviously, I could be wrong. I'm not, I, I don't know anybody at Xbox, but. Looking at what they've done and how they've handled other IP, especially Minecraft. For me, Minecraft is the big telltale. Like, Xbox Series X is being outsold by PlayStation 5. Like, after the Xbox One generation wrapped up, they could have just as easily been like, okay, well, Minecraft's not coming to PS5. But it did. Like, it just didn't. Like no, Minecraft does not move as many units as Call of Duty, but it still is a juggernaut in its
3: own right. But Minecraft was already on PlayStation, 5. they would have to take it off of the PlayStation ecosystem. Well, very yeah, we easily, just to- make sure you don't have to up- just don't upgrade to PS Five. Yeah, but that that's that's worse than removing something that's already there. It's a lot worse than not putting something in, like not putting the next one on. You know what I mean? I'm just saying
0: i um, continuing down the chat. Uh, TJ says, PlayStation isn't being petty. This is good business. Question for Rome. If you were a shareholder, would you expect Jim Ryan to keep doing what he's doing? Quote, unquote, petty. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. I would. I, I would. I, I, again, I'm not going to lie. Like, Yeah, I would expect the PlayStation shareholders to want him to fight it. Um, I'm still gonna agree concerned. with you that it's a losing battle.
3: I don't think we disagree.
0: I think honestly, I don't think we disagree about really anything. It's just the severity of the stances. Like, do you, okay, in your personal opinion, do you think that Xbox is going to make, I'm not saying can they, obviously they can. Do you think Xbox is going to make Call of Duty PlayStation or Xbox exclusive? As long as,
3: uh, what's his name is at the home I don't think so. Okay. What's his name? I mean, it's, it's Phil Spencer. Phil Spencer. He's Phil. Uncle Phil. Yeah, as long as he's at the helm, I do not think that they'll take it away from other.
0: Okay. Um, but yeah, no, TJ, to answer your question, yes, I, I do expect Jim Ryan to do this. My only thing is, is that looking at the evidence that he is doing, it just it does come off as kind of pathetic and petty. Like I'm not saying he shouldn't have his concerns and voice his concerns and. And, and stuff like that, but when you're like when you're bashing Nintendo, when you're bashing like every like all of your business partners, like you're, you're like not Nintendo, but like when you're bashing Battlefield, and I understand Battlefield cannot compete with Call of Duty. But at the end of the day, EA is a business partner with you. Battlefield is a business partner with you. And if PlayStation is smart, they should probably want to work more with Battlefield considering that Xbox doesn't call of Duty. Especially now. In the event that that is a possibility. I agree so with you. I think, my point is, I think the way PlayStation is handling it is, is extremely ups- is not upsetting. But it's it's just sad. It's sad to see. I, I like, I'm like i like working at PlayStation and I'm just like, like this is just getting kind of sad and pathetic. We talk about it every week. It's pathetic. Um, Earth put more popcorn in the chat. He did not get banned this time. Um... Yeah. She just said, Deborah, tell Rome Call of Duty brings one billion. Oh, sorry. We're getting caught up. Um, Rome, you're wrong. It's okay. It's fine. Um, But says, I just remember back in the day when Sony was being anti-consumer because Bloodborne, Street Fighter, Final Fantasy, etc. were all platform exclusives. And Microsoft has always suffered from bad first-party development. But now they're buying everything. And it's just good business. So my thing is... Yeah,
3: because earlier today you said a company should build themselves up, and that's what Sony has done. And this feels like Nintendo's buying their—I mean, Microsoft's buying their way out.
0: I mean, so my thing—the reason that it's that I view it as a different thing—the reason that I view paying for exclusives, well, no, not even paying for exclusives. Because, Again, if if the game's not happening without you, then you have a right to make it. Final Fantasy 16 is PlayStation exclusive. Final Fantasy 7 Remake is, play, is PlayStation exclusive. These games. We're going to be made if PlayStation didn't pay for them to be exclusive. PlayStation is cutting Square Enix a check so these games are not coming to co- Xbox. Crisis Core, Final Fantasy Remake, came to Xbox. Like, this is a, like, that right there is not, for me, it's not the same thing. When you're, like, for example, Microsoft, they buy Bethesda, but they are investing their money to make these games. Like, it becomes part of their company. If PlayStation buys Square Enix, that's a different story. PlayStation is legitimately footing the bill completely to Square Enix. That that becomes a <laughs> subsidiary of them, and they are making that game. PlayStation is making Final Fantasy. It's not the same thing as Square Enix made Final Fantasy. It's a thing. It's done. It's a game okay. that they made, that they are going to make. And then PlayStation's like, well, we're going to make this game exclusive to our console by just giving you money. Like the game would have been made regardless, and that's yeah, money. it's money. Made regardless, but money
3: helps a, ma- a game better. You just said earlier that Nintendo paid to have, but um, they you would have been made, 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 made without it. it. But it would be made without. I'll give it. you money to make this to make this game or make a game better
0: or do whatever. You just it's only for us now. So you're so you're you're, you're saying that a Final Fantasy VII remake wouldn't have happened if PlayStation didn't pay for it. No, it probably would have happened. If it would have taken longer.
3: Money greases the wheel. It does. It greases the wheel, and in my eyes. Square Enix is a Japanese company, they're a Sony company. I know they're not, but the same way we say Game Freak is a Nintendo company, Square Enix is a Sony company.
0: And so Blitz said that the difference in Sony is, not, is only spending money for the game and not for the ability to hamper competition in the future, but again, I mean, you're seeing it with Final Fantasy. like That's the argument. Like, okay, so they paid for Final Fantasy VII Remake to be exclusive. Final Fantasy XVI, also PlayStation exclusive. Again, I don't have a horse in this race. I could play video games. Like, you can look behind Dev. This is my game room that Dev is in. Hello. Hi. Behind him are, are PlayStation games.
1: Oh, you're breaking the fourth wall, man.
0: <laughs> hold, on. hold on. Hold on. I'm going to, like, one. Like, no, no, hold on. Go back to you. Go back to you. Hold oh, my here. God. Chaos. Chaos. This is completely blown up. Jeff is having an awful time in the chat. I see it. This is a nightmare for him. Um, I think it's the technical issues. It, or maybe it is. Yeah, Carolyn's coming out. Just um but you know, it, it's like i mean i love video games and i play video games but at the same time i'm going to call it out like there is absolutely a like like there is a double standard in gaming like it is what it is like it's just factual like you can say there isn't there is i play all the games uh, producer jeff yells at me because i make the show script too long sometimes
3: well, we, we've had an argument before as well i think the double standard is something that's earned
0: like, I'm going to paint like I see it. And, like, I don't think that Xbox should be making time exclusives either. But it is a different story, in my opinion. And, you know, you don't have to agree with me. That's fine. In my opinion, it is a different, like, stand. Like, for Xbox to buy Bethesda, or, like, let's say Mojang. Because I like using Minecraft. I think Minecraft a, is a bigger hit than Elder Scrolls. So I'm going to go with Minecraft. Um, Microsoft, they bought Mojang. So at this point, Microsoft is, is the only person or entity funding Minecraft projects. So at that point, my, Microsoft has the right to do whatever they want. If Sony bought Square Enix tomorrow, I would have the exact same stance. The exact same stance. There's no double standard for me. It's just how I, view th- how I view these things. If Sony wants to, if they want Final Fantasy so much, buy Square Enix. Buy the rights to it. If you want a Metal Gear game, Sony? Buy the rights to it. Like, I, I don't, like that, that's my stance on it. And that's how it is. Um TJ Says Roman was right on this. Like God oh, one. Xbox can purchase and grow studios. they don't have to grow, grow, do both. Buy Bethesda, create the initiative. Exactly. Yeah. And they have and they have invested. Like that's the thing. We're not talking we're like we spend so much time talking about these bigger studios. We're not talking about, we never talk about undead labs how they were how like they made state of decay, and now they're working on this huge state of decay. They were a small studio. Like you said, money greases the wheels. Microsoft, at the same time, they are making these big acquisitions, but compulsion games. they made we have a few. That game, I love the idea of it. it It definitely suffers from a budget. You could tell when playing it. You haven't played it. It's a decent game. Decent it's a great concept but not a great game because of the budget Like you can tell a lot of copy and paste, you know, redoing the same thing over and over again. But now they've been in the lab for fricking four years or whatever it's been now. We have no idea what they're working on, but now they have the support where they can make these games. People don't recognize Microsoft for those things. Double fine. I think the reason they
3: don't is because a lot of these games and we we keep saying it every time it's coming, it's coming and we know it's coming but that food is still in the kitchen. It's not out on the table. I get it coming out tomorrow, Oh, I, I am The narrative will change. Sure, I the, the food completely understand. in the kitchen, we're all hungry.
0: I, yeah, I completely understand that. Um, let's see. I'm gonna let's... jump
1: in there real quick. Yeah, good. ahead. Uh, as long as the games that come out is good, who cares what system what's on what? Everybody's done this for the history of time forever. You know, it's okay. Now this is exclusive. Okay. The deal's up. All right. Now PlayStation's going to buy it back out of spite. Okay. And then, uh, you know, again, in the other future, when we're 80, the Xbox will buy it again. Like who cares? Like, you know, it's, they're going to just keep flipping hands and that's what's going to happen. That's just the new way things are. It's how it used to be back in the day. It, it used to be loyalty. Now it's legally. So that's the difference. <laughs>
0: Well, so, here's my thing, right? And we'll, we'll move on from this, because we, we've gone on for a decent amount of time on this. I'm sure we'll touch on it again as we go on. Um, in the chat, uh, Blitz says, uh, No, I feel you, I'm, I'm pretty platform neutral as well, and I'm probably just butt-hurt because I own Skyrim on Switch, PS3, PS4, and now I'm locked out. But I do think Microsoft soaking up every AAA dev is questionable, although good for them. So, number one, I mean, they're not soaking up every AAA dev. Um, mm-hmm. EA is still out there, 2K is still out there, Square Enix is still out there, Ubisoft is still out there. Like, I understand that we're looking at this in like a a real like, well, Call of Duty is a juggernaut, which it is. No no, no arguments there. Um, but so like for me, the biggest most big thing about these third-party publishers and AAA de- publishers, who, you know, we talk about it on the show. We open the show kind of making shots at them. These AAA publishers that are not first-party like developers, they're awful. Like they like they treat their employees like dog shit. They they release unfinished games. Like, Dev, would you? I would like. I would bet money that like, if you ask me, like, okay, pick three companies who are going to put out a good finished video game upon release. I would bet Nintendo, PlayStation, Xbox. Yeah, no, you're right. I would not bet Activision. I would not bet EA. I would not bet Ubisoft. I would not bet 2K. You can't name. I, I challenge anyone to name a triple-A third-party publisher that you think is doing a legitimately good job in the game they're putting out, the value that they're giving their customers, and the way they're treating their employees. You can't find one. It's difficult. No. And, and I know this is a very capitalist view, but I'm just going to say it. Like, I i really think in the games industry, what we need is acquisitions. Like, like I'm just going to say, it. like, I know it, 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 it it's very, it seems very anti-competition and all that. Or maybe that isn't capitalist. I don't know. Is that capitalist? Is that not? Is that that anti-capitalist? I don't know. What I'm saying is, though, I think that Xbox should buy Activision. I think PlayStation should buy Square Enix. I think that, you know, Nintendo should buy Sega. Let's just say Sega for the hell of it. Like, these companies, like, they just don't... Like, these third-party publishers just don't manage themselves well at all.
3: So TJ said from software ubisoft which
0: I don't, I don't i don't agree with ubisoft, ubisoft no. but take two i would consider from software a major publisher though i mean they they i think they're a major i view them as a major developer who publishes their own games
3: he also said sega and capcom which
0: capcom's on the capcom. not now but capcom was really
3: dicey for a few years I do you think we need companies that aren't really, like we do need publishers that aren't like we need indie companies we need these third parties that are on their own mm-hmm. you know I, I like that i like
0: I don't know. It's just me pretty It's a rough spot to be in, and I understand my take might be viewed as a hot take. But I, I don't know. I, I guess I'm more so talking about Activision, EA, Ubisoft. There are really good publishers out there. I think THQ Nordic is awesome. I think AAA, they're not AAA. Will they be someday? That would be nice to see. But right now, they're not. There are good publishers out there. But yeah. when, like I would like to see these big AAA ones get the ones that have fucked up completely. Let them get bought so these other publishers can rise, you know what I mean? Like let's see THQ Nordic take a spot in the gaming sphere. You know what I mean? That's that's all I'm saying. Um, my phone died, so you're you're now the king of the chat.
3: Tell Jeff who are scribbling to keep the keep this thing together. There's so many holes in this bowl and you're plugging all of them. Jeffrey
5: what's happening
4: the control room. What? It's a mess. Okay, hold on. I have an idea. Go in the mixer. Gonna, hold on. I'm gonna leave. Leave the Discord. Hold on. Here we All go. Right. Here we go. Wait. Hold Bruh. on.
3: Hold on.
1: We'll look at this. Don't find a Ubisoft. They make good games. They will. F- they fill them with content. Just pacing I issues. It.
0: I
3: fixed
1: it. I fixed oh it. God. What? What? I now see. I now see what uh, producer Jeff says. You, ruined
4: everything. What you he ruined
1: everything. I do. Ubisoft does not make good games. They used to make good games. I, I am back in Discord. Hold on, hold
0: on.
1: They no longer make good games. They stopped am, making good I'm, games. I'm in
0: this one right now.
1: After like Black Flag. Okay. Anyways. Also,
0: okay. like, what else do they make besides this Assassin's Creed? Oh, guys, see Deborah's face is in half.
3: Yeah, you,
0: you cut yeah, yeah. <laughs> I patty with your shit. This show was supposed to run a little bit shorter. But, oh well. Um. Anyways, let's all all right. just
3: move on to the next thing. We're gonna move
0: on to the next thing. Yeah.
3: Good game releases. That
0: was a good. That was good though. Yeah, I like that. that was good. That was really good. I don't know if you did the timestamps this week, but that's a that yeah. that would be a great video for Jeff to try to put together.
1: <laughs> um. Most of them. All pretty right. much anything yeah. after 2010. Yeah.
0: Producer Jeff, is everything good? Okay, because this next part is really more so for you and me, because these guys don't play Call of Duty. So let's get into it. Uh, Call of of Duty Modern Warfare 2 Season 2 and Warzone and multiplayer changes. Here's everything launching. Uh, Season 2 launches on February 15th, which is in two days. Uh, Let's start with the Warzone 2.0 updates, and let's run through them, Jeff, and uh, we'll give our thoughts on them. All right. So first up, we have a new map, which is Ashika Island. Um, this is a smaller map um, for those players that, for some reason, really like uh, a small battle royale map. I, I don't understand it, but um, it's a smaller Japanese theme map in the Asian, in, located in the Pacific Asian region. Um, it, I, I have seen that the. World at War map Castle is on this map, which is cool, admittedly. Uh, I don't really have a lot of interest in smaller maps. Did you happen to catch any of this uh, this new island, Jeff? Yeah, um, it is a very nice aesthetic. I'm not. I don't have an issue with the uh, the aesthetic of the map. We're not going backwards, but I also just want to touch on the chat real quick about our last point. Um, TJ is saying, "What bad games do Ubisoft make? Think Assassin's Creed Origins is a bad game." Stop, man. My thing is, again, my point about that was it's not just about the games they're making. Ubisoft is horribly mismanaged the way they manage their people, but they're also horribly mismanaged in the fact that they've canceled like seven games over the last year. Like, that's bad management. Anyways, moving on with Call of Duty. I just wanted to touch on that because I saw it because I didn't see it earlier. Um, The Return of Resurgence mode. Uh, Sheik Island is also the new map for Resurgence. Game mode coming back from the original Warzone because, you know, we got to have everything from Warzone 1 and Warzone 2. Um, It will feature solos, duos, trios, and quads. Um, Let's see. What else is coming back? We got one v one gulag, which I mean, we've we'll argue about this till the end of time. I think that you know, my response to people that didn't like the two v two gulag is, get good. I'm like, I'm sorry. I mean, you could say that—that that the same argument in a sense for one v one if the other player is not there. Like, oh, wow, that was really easy. Like, who cares? Like, but at least don't be punished by. it. I mean, in, in all the time I played Warzone two, here's the thing: in all the time I played Warzone two, I don't think I ever ran into an AFK teammate, and I'm being completely serious. Like, I. I mean, it's just a tale of two experiences. I didn't experience that at all, and I thought the 2v2 Gulag was a really cool idea. I thought that it had it added a really great dynamic with the Jailer when you, uh, yes, you're dueling the other two, but when that Jailer came in, you had a decision to make. Do you want to squad up with the two people you were trying to kill and get everyone back, or do you want to take your chances and try to go around the Jailer? I thought it was really smart, really fun, and you know what? It was something new. But instead, God forbid, we tried something
4: new. Go okay. back.
0: Because so the point of it is adding a layer to it. So here's the thing: I won't disagree with that critique, but my follow-up question, or my 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 retort to that, is: Okay, well, why didn't we try to make it better as opposed to just scrapping it and going backwards? That's that, that that is the point I'm trying to make. I'm not saying that Warzone Two, I'm not trying to say that Warzone Two can't be better. I'm just saying, can we not revert back to Warzone One? That's that's my point. okay. Um, moving on. No more backpacks. Season two of uh, war Warzone 2 players, they realize inventory management in a battle royale. Ah, who needs it? Who why like why do we have to hold things? Like, like why do we have to loot? Why make loot mean anything? Medium and large backpacks have been removed. Um obviously because I, I hate this. I just hate this. Like ugh. Mm -hmm. Yep. I think either way it just it just hurts the the meta of the game like again like looting is is the key to a battle royale and as you'll see with the other things that we're we're going to talk about that are changing they're just taking away reasons to loot Like, well, my follow up is then why are you playing a battle royale game at that point? It's like, okay, well, we're not like we have backpacks, as we had backpacks in the loot. So, if you wanted to be able to hold more stuff, if you looted correctly, if you loot, if you play the game the way it's supposed to be played, you will find these backpacks, which will make your time easier and you'll be better equipped to survive. That's the whole point of a battle royale to survive to the end. Um, and they got rid of that. Um, they
4: sorry, god. right exactly instead
0: no i mean i completely agree with you i I think that again like my but the point is is that it's we might Sorry. be having technical issues with
2: that. Oh, that was my fault. I think I was muted for a little bit there, guys. Thank you in chat.
0: Oh, yeah, basically, Jeff was agreeing with me. Um, <laughs> no, because yeah. they heard me, because yeah, they heard yeah, me. Yeah. Jeff was saying that the Activision doesn't make the choices there that sure. he would make. I'll give a real
2: quick rundown of what I said. I was saying it's stupid for them to get rid of the backpacks because they're doing it to, to stop people from stacking self-revives. All you had to do was make self-revive go into its own slot. Right, And then you can only hold one in that one slot for self-revive. And then you leave the backpack system the way that it was. But instead, you're going to remove an entire backpack system because you have a problem with people stacking self-revives. Whoever is making the decisions on how to solve problems has no idea how to problem solve.
1: I want to play devil's advocate here. Um, What if that is the solution? Because uh, adding that slot that you said just breaks the whole ass game. But it doesn't.
2: Wait, it, we, yeah we actually do don't know that it could they may have built this in a way that it's oh. shit and if you add something you're going to destroy it I, I have no oh, idea <laughs> from take from out coding. the
1: entire backpack and add a slot to the backpack
3: um, yeah I, I, I don't know well, I, I can't imagine it being that it, I mean, the reason that I don't back think back it can... would be
2: hard is it's already there the, the yeah. gas mask has it's own slot make a slot just like the gas mask slot that's for the self revive I I, I, it, it, you know
3: it, you, taking away backpacks seems really drastic. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's,
0: just, it's just awful, man. Just, it, again, they're going back to Warzone 1. They're making it Warzone 1. That, that's, they tried something new and I feel like what happened was somebody at higher up at Activision was like, slap them on the wrist. Like, how dare you make something new? Go back to Warzone 1. That's
3: how. Yeah, I, I have a question for you guys. Do you think going into a menu takes away from a... Uh, you see it a lot in, in these Battle Royales. Mm-hmm. Do you think that takes away from the game that you have to open up a menu to Switch stuff around. Do you would you rather it be more seamless?
0: Well, and this is the funny thing, this is why I love one of the things I love about Blackout is I always felt like the the menu like yes, you could hit pause to go into the bigger menu, but in terms of like equipment and stuff like that, it was always kinda easy on the D pad. Um from but I mean Short answer: No, I, I don't think that in a battle royale game like you're going to have to manage your inventory. Like you're going to have to go into your inventory and manage it. That's the point of the game. Would so. it be better
3: as like maybe a weapon wheel, like quick a quick thing that you open up that doesn't take away from everything you see on the screen? Do you think that would be better? If that because we don't know what they're doing, we know what they're taking away, but I do think you should give it a chance when it comes out. Like you should charge. Yeah, absolutely, try I'm
0: going to because the combat that. records coming with season two. They they actually announced that, so I will be jumping back into Warzone two. Just like I'm gonna see how it is. Okay. And I'm sure that we'll talk about it here on the show. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm not super thrilled with that. Um, the next change is that they are making loadouts cheaper. Um primary weapons you can purchase in the buy stations, their prices have been reduced, as are loadout drop markers. Um this is another move that I don't like. Um again, it's just kind of making it like Warzone One. It, it, like So something I hate, I love looting in battle royals. That's a whole point of the game for me. We, you know, like I can't see the argument against looting in a battle royale. Shouldn't matter. It absolutely should should matter. The whole point is that you drop with nothing and you have to loot. Um, for me, Warzone One, I hated it because looting never mattered because there was nothing about it. Like, like whenever I played Warzone One, all all anyone ever cared about was let's get money together to buy a loadout and then we're set for the whole game. And I'm just like. What's the point of that? Like, why are we like, why are we not just playing multiplayer? If we want to play with our loadouts, let's go play multiplayer. Call of Duty gunplay is the exact same on either game on either, on either thing. So let's play multiplayer and like, let's play the big team games. They're there. They have big maps. It's so, like why? Um, and, and so like for me, this is just another step in the wrong direction. I don't know how you feel about it, Jeff, but this for me is just again, it's just making loot less valuable. Like, what's the point? so?
2: I actually love loadouts, but. I hate the fact that they're making them easier to get they had already made them easier to get they're already making it where you get more cash and now they're gonna make it cost less to buy a primary weapon that's not even a loadout that's when you go to a box and you buy one of the weapons that you have built in your custom section you know what I mean you don't get your perks or nothing you just buy a weapon why on earth would you make that cheaper it's already 2500 down from 5000 when they started. How easy do you want, want this game to be for people? Like I, I I don't I don't get that one. But this one doesn't bother me as much as the next one we're gonna go over.
0: Right. And and like so for me, like and he, and this is a testament to how much I liked Warzone 2. Warzone 2 has a lot of things in it still that I don't agree that battle Royale should have the respawning. I don't think battle Royale should have a respawn system. I think that that adds to the challenge and the whole point of, if it is to survive and make sure you like, you have to be as on point and as perfect as possible.
3: Even if the respawning is very difficult to,
0: but that's to why I liked it in Warzone two, because in Warzone one to Jeff's credit or Jeff's point, yes, it was much easier to get back in Warzone one because you, it was a one V one. There was no jailer. It was just point blank period. You get the kill, you're going back in. Warzone 2, you do have to hope that your teammate's going to be able to, to carry his own weight. You do have to worry about the Jailer. And I think by making it more challenging, like, you're still getting the same amount of players going back into the game. Like, it's like it's the same thing as having two 1v1 gulags. But it just it adds to the challenge of it, which made me more okay with it. Same thing with loadouts. Loadouts were still in Warzone 2. But number one they were more expensive and they were less frequent did i pick one up every once in a while yeah because at that point that's to me that's looting like it's it's part of the in-game looting the in-game economy but like just to make it as cheap as it is you're just you're you're making looting pointless like okay well let me start the game and in the first five minutes i have my gun oh all right well, there it is uh next up no more lootable armor vests everyone will spawn with three plate vests uh, again, it just makes looting pointless. And like I just don't see how that's a good thing. That's all I have to say about it.
2: So this is the biggest problem that I have with what they're doing. This is the laziest thing I've ever seen. So every Battle Royale that I have played, except for a, a Fortnite, has some sort of an armor system. All of them. Blackout had an armor system. PUBG has an armor system. I, I mean, you you name the game right now. There's an armor system where you have different tiers of armor. To completely just be like, yeah, never mind. Everyone's gonna have tier three armor. Well, what? This is again going right back to when I said whoever is problem solving this has no clue how to problem solve. No clue.
0: Yeah, I completely agree with you. It's it's just it's sad. It's sad to see Warzone two really taking a step back in the way that it is. Uh, next up, we have DMZ updates. DMZ is the PvPVE mode okay. that Call of Duty does that players don't like because the bots are on the map. The point. Um, so uh, they uh, they say that there is a season refresh with all new missions coming with season two. DMZ players get a complete refresh of their missions and includes a clean wipe. Wipe includes a contraband and keys reset, but keeps your insured insured weapon slots and many other. Uh, Permanent content earned in season one intact. DMZ will feature both Almazra and Ashika Island as their maps to get your missions completed on, but Almazra will have a few points of interest changed for a fresh exploration. You can choose whatever map you want, including Building 21, at any time when starting up DMZ. I like, okay. I mean, uh, I hope DMZ continues to be good. Uh, I actually like DMZ.
2: I love DMZ and it's actually pretty popular with, uh, you know, Tarkov type players. So, um, I hope they just keep making it better and better. Right.
0: All right. Uh, next up, multiplayer changes. We got some new game modes. Ranked play is coming in season two, uh, where you can finally put your skills to the test. Chair can call duty league, build this mode together. Uh, that uses CDL approved rules, restrictions, maps, and modes with exclusive ranked based rewards that let you show off your skills. This is an intimate 4v4 multiplayer mode that you have to be at least le- level. Huh, IGN has a, uh, whatchamacallit typo here. A little typo level there. 16 to access ranked. Um, the modes and ranked playlists include hardpoint, search and destroy, and control. Uh, the ranks are bronze, silver, gold, platinum, diamond, crimson, iridescent, and then top 250, where your name will be displayed on a special leaderboard. Um,
4: I'll see you guys in the top 250. <laughs>
0: um. And don't worry, if a player disconnects or quits during the match, all team members outside of that player's party won't lose any SR, which is the skill ratings. Uh, if you do end up losing SR, you can't de-rank immediately, and you will have a demotion protection for the first three games in the new rank division. Let's see. Wow. So, we got
2: <laughs> so they put something in that nobody else will, yet they're doing all this other lazy shit? They yeah. gotta be focusing on the next game. That's, yeah, I'm convinced.
0: Probably. Um. Other game modes coming back, and I'm excited about this one. This is actually one of the very few things I'm excited about Season 2. Gun games coming back, which, for those that don't know, gun game is a really fun uh, mode. It basically is every, there's 20 levels. I don't know if it's going to be 20 in this game. But there's a, a set number of levels, and you have to get a kill on each level with that gun. And then when you get a kill, you go up a level to the next gun. And it generally starts with like pistols, and then it evolves and goes up and up and up. Usually it ends with like a combat knife or something like that. Um, In the older games, you could go down a slot if you got knifed, but I don't know if it still does that. Um, Infected is also coming back, which is a really fun mode. Um, Basically, you start out as an infected, and the other team is all the survivors. You kill a survivor, they become infected. It's a five-minute timer. If the timer runs out and the survivors are still alive, survivors win. Infected have to eliminate all the survivors. Um, Hardcore is coming back, and this is another... Like, look, I don't want Call of Duty fans to get mad at me. But, like, Hardcore's already in the game, guys. It is. It's called Tier 1. I like. If someone can explain to me what the difference between Hardcore and Tier 1 is, I would really appreciate it. It is a limited HUD with high bullet damage or low health, depending on how you look at it. Um, I, I'm sorry. I, I don't see a difference. Tier 1 is hardcore mode. The fact that they're bringing back hardcore mode is literally people that aren't smart enough to understand that Tier 1 was hardcore. Like they're yeah. just changing the name of it. They're just like, "Oh, hey guys, like hardcore is coming cuz you guys don't realize that it's already in the game." Jeff, can you help me out here please? Like maybe I'm wrong. Is do you to your knowledge is there a difference between hardcore and Tier 1 mode?
2: Don't play hardcore and don't play Tier 1. Sorry. <laughs>
0: I've played both. I've been playing Call of Duty forever. I can tell you, it's the same thing. Anyone that says it's not, like they that it, it's a complete placebo effect. It's the same thing.
2: Well, I do know that um certain uh you know, COD Twitter accounts that are pretty big are like, let's not celebrate them giving us hardcore when they should have given it to us from the beginning. Like, you know, they're they're like
0: Get that, but it's the same.
2: Don't praise Activision for this when they should have given this to us right off the bat. Like, there was no reason for them not to.
0: (laughs) But they change. all they did was change the name. Tier one is hardcore mode. I don't know. Um, New maps, which people are going to be upset about because they're not new maps. Um, Dome and Valderas Museum are coming for the core game modes, um, and the Zaya Observatory and Al Malik International for the battle game modes. Uh, So, Dome and Valderas are the two multiplayer maps, and they are both not new maps. Um, they're from older call of duty games. Uh, one of them was from Vanguard. Um, and then I forget what the other one's from. I'm having a a brain fart, but this is kind of, this is kind of a damning thing for me. I mean, you're going into season two and you've yet to add a new multiplayer map to your game. Um, they added, Hmm. uh, shipment and shoot house in the last season. Both of those games, both of those maps were in previous games. um, I think that, like, kind of like how the Warzone updates, Jeff says they're very lazy in their decision-making. I think that that kind of bleeds in here with the multiplayer maps. I mean, like, we're, we're going into Season 2 of this live service, and there's... No- Those
2: aren't new maps. Those maps are from other games. <laughs>
0: yeah, it, it's very disappointing. As someone who's actually enjoyed the multiplayer as well for Modern Warfare 2, like, I love Modern Warfare 2, like, the base game, and, like the, like, this is just... It, it, it sucks to see it happen because I really thought this game was going to be a lot better than the last few. And it's kind of devolving, which really sucks. And, and that's it for the, uh, the content coming in two days for season two.
2: So. Okay, so real quick, the difference between Hardcore and Tier 1. Hardcore had a limited HUD. Tier 1 had no HUD. Um, so there were no hit markers, there were no kill feed, there was no nothing in tier one. Um, and that's where the people were like, just give us hardcore. This is stupid.
0: It's, I, I understand, but at that point you're nitpicking. That, that's super nitpicky.
2: Well, like, having that's... no hit markers is huge. You would have no idea you were hitting your opponent. That that's No,
0: because you still, you still get the noise of a kill.
2: Like, I mean, I from before. what I'm reading here, it said there was no indication to players that they hit their shots, other than the enemy falling to the ground.
0: I don't know. I knew when I was getting kills. I I don't know what to tell people. I mean, that is true. Now that I think about it, like I guess yeah, there wasn't a hit marker on the screen. Uh, he-
2: headshots made noise, but regular shots did not.
0: Maybe I just get a lot of headshots. Though.
2: That is weird.
0: <laughs> I mean, I I get it, but like I don't well, know. Like, I think well, maybe see- I'm too good. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's super nitpicky, like the whole point of Hardcore is to not have the HUD, but now they're complaining that they don't have enough HUD. I don't know. I, I don't know. I think it's dumb that both of these modes are in the game. Listen, like, hardcore is just where all
2: the game pros game. and their friends play, so <laughs> not like it affects us too much.
0: Oh no, no, not at all. But I mean it's still you know it's still just a dumb decision and that's my problem with it.
1: Listen, I'm not gonna play Call of Duty until they add terror raids, the best game mechanic ever.
2: Well, you might be happy to hear the next uh, part of this, then.
0: <laughs> All right, let's get into the next one. Video game releases uh, of the week for this week. Let's see what we got here.
2: Oh, he skipped the raid. Okay, never mind. Wait, what? What did I skip? <laughs> there was a new raid at the end, I guess.
0: Was there? Mm-hmm. Hold on, I'm going back. I'm going back. Going back.
1: Following the story after Price, Farrah, and
0: Gats fought through Auto- oh, new raid. I'm sorry. I apologize. I just didn't see the new raid. This yeah, so um, for auto grad Yeah, there you go. There's a, there's a new raid. There you go. There is a terror raid battle. Later no, two,
1: they don't have bird and grass on their head.
0: No, but they do have a headset. Oh, close enough. And hats. They have hats. Ooh. Anyway, I'm sorry. Thank you, Producer Jeff um all right that's that's the news headlines though let's get into uh video game releases for this week for the week of february 20 uh 13th uh first up we have blanc which is coming to switch and pc uh, on Uh. february 14th tomorrow uh that was at the uh, the nintendo direct which we will be talking about shortly uh journey to the savage planet gets its next gen or current gen as we look at it now uh upgrades to the ps5 and xbox series x tomorrow uh souls of chronos Comes to PS5, Switch, and PC tomorrow. Tomb Raider Reloaded comes to iOS and Android tomorrow as well. A lot of games coming out on Valentine's Day. Wanted. Dead. <laughs> but it comes to PS5, Xbox Series, PS4, Xbox One, and PC tomorrow as well. Pharaoh, a new era, comes to PC on February 15th. Returnal gets its PC port on February 15th as well. Shadow Warrior 3 gets its current gen upgrade to PS5 and Xbox Series on February 16th. Um Rhythm, Final Bar Line comes to PS4 and Switch on the 16th. I believe that's the Final Fantasy rhythm game. Um, Gigantosaurus Dino Kart comes to PS5, Xbox Series, PS4, Xbox One, Switch, PC on February 17th. Tales of Symphonia Remastered comes to PS4, Xbox One, and Switch. I'm going to stop real quick because it comes out on February 17th. So I don't, I don't want to drop names. But you guys remember Ricky from high school? yeah okay so i have a story to tell here so ricky once we were talking about video games and he tells me about tales of symphonia and he's like rome you would love this game you would absolutely love this game you ever played it and i'm like no i haven't so he's like oh i'm gonna bring it to school tomorrow i want you to borrow it and play it over the weekend tell me what you think so i was like okay he brought it to school friday i took it home played about 20 minutes And I didn't dislike it, but I just, I can't remember what exactly, but, like, I ended up doing something else that weekend. And so, like, I just didn't play it. And so, like, I brought it back to school that Monday. And he was like, oh, yeah, how far did you get? Do you need more time on it? And I was like, like, no, I think I'm pretty good. Uh, And he's like, oh, did you like it? I was like, yeah, I loved it. It was great. I totally lied to him. I lied to him on that day. Because, like, I just didn't, I didn't have time to go back to it. And, like, I was playing something else at the time. I don't remember what it was. And I lied to him. But now I want to go back and I want to play this remaster for him.
3: If you do...
1: Dude, you you did you wait how many years to tell us you lied
0: to your friend? Now we... ten years, <laughs> eleven, twelve years, and,
3: 12, yeah,
0: it's it's over. It's no, over ten years. No, he has to play. Yeah, because it was definitely like tenth grade. It was yeah. not. It was not. It was not senior year. No,
3: he has to play it, and he has to message Ricky and give him the truth about. Yeah, all yeah. No, you have to
0: send him. This is a clip of you yeah, confessing. That's
3: hey remember yeah so
0: at least that's how i remember the story maybe maybe i'm maybe i'm remembering it wrong but i do remember like i remember like feeling bad because i was like oh i really didn't play this game that much it's not that i didn't like it like it looks really cool and like even all the stuff i've seen of the remaster I'm like i i have it i actually bought it <laughs> i have it in the gamecube collection but i just haven't gone around to playing it still to this day and like i don't know if maybe it's like a guilty thing where it's like i can't play it now I'm looking at reviews. It's 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 a very good game. Yeah,
3: it's a nine out of ten. Oh, game. a very
0: good game. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I have no reason not not to have played it that day. I don't know what I was thinking when I was thirteen or fourteen, whatever, fifteen, whatever I was. I don't know what I was doing that day. But yeah, I figured you guys would enjoy that story because you guys know Ricky.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Now you guys like you can't tell. Him. You can't like I've been I'm literally live...
1: messaging him right now as we speak.
0: No, don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> Don't do it, cause like I've I've been living a lie all these years. We went to the Zelda Symphony concert like the next year together. We had a blast, and it's like no, like you can't like don't do it. Don't do it. it...
2: We're, did all you guys go to high school together? Ish. Yes,
0: yeah. yeah. We were, I don't. I literally we don't
2: have a single person's phone number from high school.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, no, we were we 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 were best. We've been best friends since high school. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, we had fun times. Fun times in Chinese class, bro. Anyways, I only recall uh, Chinese when I'm drunk. Anyways, let's continue on, because Jeff's going to be upset. We've had a lot of long discussions, which is going to make this show run long. Um, anyways, uh, real quickly, The Settlers' New Allies comes out on PC on February 17th. Wild Hearts comes out the PS5, Xbox series, and PC on February 17th as well. Um, I mean, the game for the week for me, my pick is definitely Tales of Symphonia. Um, I want to play that. Uh, I feel like, as Forrest, as, I feel like Wild Hearts would be something you're really interested in. We talked about it a few weeks ago. It's kind of like a Monster Hunter-esque game. It
1: looks like a Monster Hunter, but also at the same time, I'm actually more interested in Wanted Dead.
3: Yeah, that game looks cool, too.
1: Yeah, I'm looking at this. I'm watching the trailer right now, and I'm like, oh, it's like anime style, and it's a hack and slash from Ninja Gaiden and Dead or Alive. And I was just like...
3: It's very... Well, you can see it. It's very Ninja Gaiden, like, in the gameplay. Yeah. I'm, did
0: lo- you have- I'm watching the trailer, but i I like, find a list of things on Nintendo Direct that happened?
2: Yeah, I, I got some nice gameplay going from Wild Hearts. This looks nice.
0: My list was on my phone. My phone's
1: dead. Yeah, well, it, I uh, got to see how it goes because it's uh, too uh, Dark Souls-y. Yeah. I was going to say Dark it looks Souls-y.
2: Dark Souls mixed with uh, Monster Hunter. Yep.
1: Yeah, which that just sounds like a horrible time.
2: I'm going to be honest. It looks like a Dark Souls DLC from what I'm watching right now. This looks like this could easily be a DLC for Dark Souls.
1: Oh, dude, that damn. Oh, like, I can't see this dude's HUD, so I need to see, like, the damage he's taking and stuff. And, like, is there set building? Do I get armor for killing this dude? Like, if it turns out to be another Neo, I'm going to be pissed. Because, like, yeah, that's weird. One is no difficult as hell.
3: No, this does look way more. Am
0: I, am I... I think this is a good list. I hope this is a good list. No, you're not.
1: Yeah, this looks monster hunty with the way he's moving, but like, uh, I, I I gotta wait. It's one of those, I gotta, I'm gonna be a late adapter to it. I'm not gonna dive in head first.
2: There's people streaming it right now. Maybe check it out later.
1: Mm. Oh, hold on. I will do that. All right. I literally just downloaded uh, Dark and Darker, uh, Darker, whatever we were talking about earlier.
0: This seems pretty legit. This seems pretty good. I think this will be good. All right. We're going to move into the topic of our show which is the Nintendo Direct that happened this past week on Wednesday. Um, let's get into it. We're going to we're going to run through everything. Um stop and talk where we want to, not everything we're going to talk about, but we're going to mention everything at least. Um so the show kicked off with Pikmin 4 um, which number 1 very excited. Seems like you're excited as well.
3: Yeah, I think that's the game that I said that I wanted to see last week.
0: Yeah, you did say that, actually. Um, Yeah, I'm... And it looks good. I'm really excited for Pikmin 4. Um, I think it looks really, really good. I like how they kind of lowered the camera angle of it to kind of make it feel almost more like... It gives you a bigger... A better sense of scale. Like, of just how small you are in this world. Um, Most of the older Pikmin games were a little bit more overhead strategy, Mm -hmm. whereas this one kind of feels more like an action-adventure kind of game, which is always my, my thing. I really love that genre. Um... The biggest news was um well the big two things really in the trailer was um there was like a dog. You have like a yeah. dog now. Yeah. Um and that dog can carry Pikmin around and you could swim over water with it and that seemed really cool. Um we got a we got a release date for it, July twenty first, twenty twenty three. Yeah, so you're excited about this for us. What did you think of Pikmin for?
1: I never played a single Pikmin. Okay. I've literally I'm so detached from Pikmin, I've never even played Omar in Smash.
0: You mean Oliver? Yep, exactly. <laughs> Oliver. Oh, I've never touched who's Oliver. Who's your favorite Smash Brothers character? Omar? Yeah, you know, Omar.
2: So I have a funny story with this. um So when the original Pikmin first came out, I was like, this looks like it is made for children. I will never play this game ever in my entire life. And still to this day, I have never played a Pikmin game, right? But watching this preview for this game, I want to play it. And I'm like, why do I want to play this now as an adult and I didn't want to play it as a kid?
0: <laughs> a typical Nintendo thing where it's like you hit a you hit a point where you're like, I'm too cool for Nintendo. But then yeah, you're like, oh, it's,
2: it's very weird.
0: So it's funny that you say that, Jeff, because I don't like Pikmin does come off as kind of it does like at like at a very quick glance come off as kind of a kiddie game. But like mm-hmm. it is not number one. It's not easy. No. Like I didn't beat it until I was an adult. I'm not gonna lie, uh, or, oh, I was I was like that was in my early 20s. Is that an adult? I yeah. did not meet beat the Pikmin until I was already an adult. Until I was already a man. <laughs> um, but other than that, like like shit gets stressful. Like like Jeff. So <laughs> basically, in Pikmin, you you go around you you gather these little Pikmin that help you depending on the game restore you like find your ship parts or like you're looking for treasure depending on which game you're playing and they bring them back to your ship. Now your Pikmin if like you have to hurry because it's on a daily schedule and once it turns to night any pikmin that you do not like bring back to your base they get fucking killed and eaten by the monsters roaming the land and it's like super dark like because like especially if you don't make it to your ship in time it's like all right it's nighttime and your character omar he's running to the ship and like you just like you take off and all the little pikmin come running like help us help us and they just get destroyed it's kind of crazy actually Kind of dark. It's much darker than you think. Uh, <clears throat> but so just yeah, I'm excited. All right.
4: Dark Souls
1: Four. I mean, Pikmin me me Four. Me. What would you say? I like no, nine. I was just making a joke. I was like, Dark Souls Four,
0: and then it's a uh, like, Pikmin Four. Well, that was the other thing that Dev just pointed out. At the end of the trailer, it kind of implies that there might you might be able to like actually survive at night, um, even... or it just might be more difficult.
5: Yeah, yeah.
0: we'll have to see. Uh, so moving on, uh, next up we got a trailer for Volume Three of the Xenoblade Chronicles Three Expansion Pass, uh, which was out later. This comes out later this month. There was also a sneak peek for a new story coming in Volume Four later this year.
3: Have either of you, either of you two played Xenoblade Chronicles? Because this seems like a game that you, both of you would like. I
0: really want to play. I I own one, two, and three. Yeah, this seems like. Oh like no, it. I don't own three. I own one and two.
3: It seems like a game both you and Forrest would like, but I don't think you guys have played it. A,
1: what is this? A Zif- Z- Tales of Zephony?
3: What? No, know Blade Chronicles. Ah. It just—it just seems like a, a U game and a Rome game.
0: I, no, I—I I think it would be. So my thing was is that when it came out on the three, so originally the first one came out on the Wii, and I never had it for the Wii. And then the second, it, like they they ported it to the 3DS, and I played that for like an hour, and it's a really bad port. So I was like, "Oh, this this kind of sucks to play." And then it came out on Switch, and I got it because I was excited, and I just didn't get around to it. Gotcha. Yeah, I just never did it. I just never did it. But yeah, so it's more it's DLC coming for those that like that game. Uh, next up, there was a new Samba de Amigo game from Sega. Apparently, this is a is a franchise. I have no idea. Yeah, this is a wee it. ass game. This game was.
3: This was the start of the direct where I was like. Where things got a little... little... I think we got off the rails. Yeah, go ahead.
0: Um, yeah, I don't have much to say about it. It's kind of like I said, it's a Wii game. Uh, you basically are moving the Joy-Cons around to do dances, high fives. Apparently it has a love match on it. <laughs> I guess that's good. depending on how good you are at the minigame is how truly in love you are. Um, not much to say there. Um, next up, the uh, Forrest's game of the show. Uh, Fashion Dreamer. A, a game that... Rad. A game that you um, you have your influencer and you you dress them up. Yeah, I mean this doesn't
1: sound. This
2: looks like the worst shit ever made.
0: <laughs> it, really does. it looks like a phone game, dude. It's terrible. It looked terrible. I was like, what? Are we? I was like, so I was excited for Pikmin. And, like, kind of like what Dev said, at this point, I'm like, oh, Pikmin, hell yeah. And it's like, is he gonna play Chronicles 3 DLC? All right, cool, good for them. And then it's like, this Sega monkey m- muchachas game, whatever. And like, all right, this is getting bad. And then, like, Fashion Direct, I was like, crash. <laughs> I was like, we got to get back on the on track here, hopefully. I'm sure we...
3: this game's out there for someone. Like, someone will... Oh, yeah, that's the
0: whole point of There's so Everything yeah. on here is appealing to somebody. Um... Next up, we got Dead Cells: Return to Castlevania, which never played Dead Cells. I don't like roguelikes, but like, damn, this looks cool. Yeah,
3: I like I like roguelikes. I didn't like Dead Cells, but I do like roguelikes in general. I don't like roguelikes. This looks just this looks
0: pretty. Yeah, it, it does look really cool, and the music was really good too. Next up, there was a uh, Tron Identity from Bithyl Games uh, coming to Switch in April. Um... This game I thought looked cool, interesting at best. Never gonna play it. Yeah, I'm, there's no chance I'm playing this no,
3: game. No, I'll never play this game.
0: Um,
3: not because I hate it or anything like that. I just don't.
0: Yeah, like, I just. Yeah, you know, just it's just not happening. Uh, Capcom's murder mystery series Ghost Trick returns with a remaster of the first game. It comes out this summer. Um, a lot of people got excited for this. Um, I remember hearing about this game. You basically you you play as a detective who died. And you possess items, it's a it's a puzzle game, basically. And you possess items to get through the puzzle and like, I guess help this detective that's still alive get through like each level Next up was level five's Deca Police, which comes out on Switch this year, <clears throat> excuse me this year. Um, this looked like almost like a forest ass game for me.
1: Yeah, I, I saw Deca Police. like I was skimming through it because I didn't watch it live. So I was just, like,
0: just kind of rolling the
1: bar with my my finger. And then I saw of Police, and I was just like, oh. Like, I stopped, and I watched it.
0: Yeah, I think this game looks really cool, actually. It seems like a kind of a detective game, a supernatural detective game, but also has some turn-based strategy elements to it, which... really reminded me of Digimon, Yeah,
1: like, has... Cyber Sleuth. I don't know why, but it, no, for that, some reason, it made me think of Digimon Cyber Sleuth.
3: I agree with you. It has big Digimon vibes, like... The monsters that you see, the some of the characters' outfits, like some of the characters the way they look themselves.
0: Yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. But so I thought this game actually looked pretty good. Um,
3: yeah, I might get it. I gotta
0: I gotta see yeah, I gotta Christmas, see how it goes. There's so much stuff coming out this year that yeah, I think this is gonna be a casualty of just like I don't know when I'm playing it. It might end up on my this will end up on my Amazon wish list. This will be this'll be a game that like at the end of the year if you're getting me a Christmas present, it'll be on the list for you to buy. Yeah. But that's not a bad thing. I'm, yeah, no, I I, I I'm generally it. kind of restricting myself this year to save some money. So like if if this was like two if this came out like 2 3 years ago, I actually probably would buy this. Um but this year is just so packed. Yeah. Then you got the right. Bayonetta. Next up was Bayonetta Origins, Cereza and the Lost Demon. I it really got
3: looked, It actually looks really cool. I'm I really, mean, I'm not gonna
0: play this. But... I have to play Bayonetta 3 cuz as of right now, I'm getting this game. I really love Bayonetta, okay. and I want to support the franchise. Is this going to be your
3: March game? Or this is going to be something you're doing, you're going to double, you're going to...
0: So there are going to be some instances this year where I'm going to double dip. That's just going to be the way it is. Um, I think this might be a double dip. Okay. Because I think, I think Resident Evil 4 Remake is March. It's either March or April. Um, depending on Resident Evil 4 Remake, that, that'll be... But, th- like, this, I, I love Bayonetta.
3: I, I've, yeah, I've never been a big Bayonetta fan. To me, this looks...
0: This is another, like, not this one specifically, but Bayonetta in general, forest-ass game. We talk about it all the time. He would love Bayonetta. Like, it, like it's a very Devil May Cry yeah, game yeah. with Bayonetta, who is a such a cool character. Like... I've never played anything. Breaks my heart. He would love it. He would absolutely love it. I, I, I would bet money on him loving Bayonetta. It'd be great, but he won't do it. Um, but I'm really excited to play this. I need to play Bayonetta 3 first. This
3: game looks cooler to me than Bayonetta 3 does, just personally.
0: Well, I mean, it's because it's doing something different. But I also really like that they're doing something different with Bayonetta. It's like, it's really cool. Um, so, yeah, this comes out on March 17th. Next up, they uh, they did one of those. So they got through the headlines, and they're like, take a look at this. And I'm like, oh, boy, here we go. Because that's usually one of the big, you know, the big announcements. They stop, and they do like a, all right, here we go. And it was a Splatoon three expansion pass. And not only that, the wave that came out was the Splatoon One Hub World.
3: Yeah.
0: And I was like It's called Side Order. No no that's that's, oh, that's Wave the Two. One, right? yeah. yeah, Wave One is Incopolis, which Inkopolis. is just yeah, yeah. like it is it's just the Hub World from Splatoon One. And the direct did a very bad job of telling of showing me if there's anything other than, than the Hub World in this expansion. Um, I like Splatoon, I really do. If if they're selling the 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 first game's hub world as a wave of your expansion pass, that is a complete failure of DLC. I don't know. It really, well, you it is.
3: See, like you said, they failed to tell you what was in it. You got to see what the content is. It no, they just that could just be new stuff in the same in the older city. You know,
0: I don't know. But I I, I, I found like, it to be if you extremely. Like
3: 2, 2, Three, you're, I don't think you're like you're scoffing at this. You know I, think? I think you are. You think so?
0: Maybe not wave two because so wave so wave one, again. This is just the way they showed it. It just looks like the hub world from the first game, with the shops intact. Like that's all that it was. Um, wave two they went to when I like Splatoon two when it gets a little weird, and the wave two was weird. It was a very interesting unique kind of thing the name of it's called side order which is it was very wtf um but I was very underwhelmed by this announcement um we'll talk about it because there's a general theme in this direct which I'm sure people listening will will kind of figure it out as we go um but yeah that was uh that was their middle of the direct more so big announcement um of course and he takes on the splatoon three expansion pass.
1: No, yeah. <laughs> thought about it. No, I I, I, I gave up on Splatoon too. Like I played it and then I just stopped. I was like, okay, it's children's Call of
0: Duty. I think Splatoon's really fun. It, I have Splatoon three. It's in my backlog right now. But I think it was like
3: one of the best selling games in Japan.
0: Oh, it's super popular.
3: Yeah, yeah it's crazy popular there.
0: well I'm
3: like... curious about the next game because I actually think it looks really cool, but.
0: What side order?
3: No, the next one that's coming. The next one you're
0: about to. Oh, next game. Yeah. All right. Next up. Real quick,
2: I do do want to throw one thing in about Splatoon here. So, if anybody thinks that they are good at shooter games and you've never played Splatoon, you will be humbled immediately by like a bunch of eight year olds. They will absolutely annihilate you in this game and you'll be like, what is happening?
0: (laughs) It's the funniest experience ever. People think Splatoon is like for babies. Like, go ahead, go play it. Go play it. I dare yeah. you. Go play it. It's a they great will, game. I love. It so.
2: will destroy you.
0: <laughs> I really do love it, though.
3: It's a cool mechanic that you. I don't think I've seen before. It like, paint the world. Paint the world. Yeah.
0: yeah. Nintendo. That's what they do. They innovate. They're just like, hey, we need. We want to make a multiplayer shooter. Sony should take some notes. It's like, hey, we should make a multiplayer first person sh- or a first party shooter. Anyways, next up, uh, Disney Illusion Island, a platformer featuring Mickey Mouse and his friends. Uh, it launches on Nintendo Switch, July twenty eighth. Um, this game looks good. Yeah, I think it's, it I think this looks like a really good game. Yeah, it does. It's not my cup of tea. It's okay. not for me, but I can respect that this looks like a really good game.
3: Yeah. Art style, gameplay wise. I, yeah. I think people
0: are going to write this one off because it has Mickey in it, but like, well, mm. yeah. well no, I think people are going to write it off as a really kiddie game, but like, I think it looks great. Just not for me.
2: Oh, it looks really good.
0: Yeah, it does. Yeah. Plus, you could tell they put effort into it because they were showing like each character, even if they have the same moves, it like looks it looks different yeah. and it behaves a little different. I think that yeah, I think this game looks really good. This
2: has a little bit of Sonic vibes going. A like bit,
0: it. yeah. I was never a Sonic kid either, so there you go. Um, next up, we got the Fire Emblem Engage Expansion Pass Pack Two, um, which came out on the day of the direct. They also teased Pack 3 and Pack 4. Uh, Pack 2 was, uh... So, basically, I'm currently working on Fire Emblem, playing it. Uh, I think I'm gonna be ready for us to review it for next week's show. Um, uh, really enjoying it so far. Not gonna go too far into it. But, um, yeah. Wave 2, adding a few characters, including Camilla from Fire Emblem Fates, one of my favorite characters. Sorin from, I believe, Fire Emblem Path of Radiance. Uh, I'm drawing a blank. I, I know Sorin, but I forget which game specifically he's from. Um... In wave three, we're gonna get Krom and Robin from Awakening. Um, I forget her name, but the the character from the mobile gotcha game, and then Hector um, from the GBA Fire Emblem game, just called Fire Emblem here in the states. Uh, also, big Hector fan. Um, I think this DLC is really cool. I think I don't want to go too far into how the emblems work because it's gonna be part of my review. Um, I think that if you really love Fire Emblem, like I do, it it's a decent amount of content. But wave four is what I'm waiting on. Waiting on. I'm probably not going to buy the expansion pass until wave four because that's a whole story DLC. Okay. But yeah, it. But it. It's cool. If you're a Fire Emblem fan, this is pretty good. Next up, there was a uh, announcement for Harmony Fall of Reverie. This was a, an announcement from them. This is a surprise. One of the very few surprises at the direct. Uh, this came from the team at Don't Nod who made Life is Strange. Um, I'm a very big fan of Don't Nod. I, mean, I think this game looks really great. Um, they
3: made this. I don't know what the gameplay loop is or anything. They made this look like the <laughs> it was it was cinematic. Everything was cinematic. It really just looked awesome. I like the art style at least. Yeah, like I don't know what the game is or how it plays or anything like that. But at least the trailer was was pretty
1: cool. Everything just looks like anime now. Like
3: yeah, I was going to say that it looked like the next like you a know, big Netflix series or something.
0: Yeah. Yeah, but so like, I, I'm. I have, I'm a big believer in this game just because it's Don't Not. I mean, they're a really good team. Life yeah. is Strange is just phenomenal. If you haven't played them, I recommend them. Specifically, the first one's really good. Um, but so yeah, I, I think this is going to be a really good game. Comes out in June,
1: by the way. It looks extremely interesting. Yeah. All right. Like next to up. Uh, went to... Oops, sorry. No, I was just looking at the characters and stuff, dude. Damn, this looks like. You know what it kind of reminds me of? It reminds me of uh, Life is Strange. You said they made Life is Strange, right? Yes. Yeah, it looks like Life is Strange mixed with um, Hades. Yeah, a little bit. The, the,
3: the, kind of the way that they talk to each other, the conversation style, very Hades. Yeah.
0: All right, next up. Uh, Octopath Traveler 2 was shown off. There's a demo that came out on the day of the Direct. So, guys, I, I'm actually in a little bit of a dilemma. I was going to bring this up on the Direct. I'm going to let you guys help help me kind of decide because I'm kind of 50-50 on it. Octopath Traveler 2 is the game that I'm buying this month. I'm very excited for it. Should I get it for the, the Nintendo Switch or should I get it for the PS5? Ooh. I'm, I'm so completely 50-50 on it. I have I feel like I'm leaning Switch just because I do... I would rather collect Nintendo games just because I love Nintendo so much. But the PS Five obviously is going to be the more powerful system to play it on.
3: I, I have to. I'm going to go say I'm going to say PS Five strictly for visuals because this is already a beautiful looking game. Sure. And to play it, maybe higher resolution, higher like faster frame rate. I know it's a it's a turn based game, but still, okay. it's just a pretty game. And you, I don't know, pretty game, a, a more powerful system on your TV. I would have to lean this towards. Okay. Do you about get Twitter? anything
0: for having a save file? Um. Well, so here's the funny thing. I have it for Switch, but I ended up playing it on Xbox Game Pass because it came out on Game Pass. So it's funny because I played the first game on Xbox, but it's not coming oh. out on Xbox for some reason. So that doesn't matter. <laughs> but I, I own mean, the game on Switch. I have the physical copy behind me on, on Switch. Are you going to
1: do that thing where you play the game before to then lead up to the new one? Not for this game, no. Then, mm, Also, just because for Switch... it was re- Octopath Traveler was originally made for Switch, right? Yeah, it was a Switch game. I say get it on Switch. Oh, shit, we got it. Like, I agree with... I agree with Dev on the visuals, but, like, I don't know. I feel like this style will work on the Switch. It and will. also, it would be nice that you could, like, pick up and play your RPG. You could... T- to, like
0: the bathroom he's never,
3: he's never gonna play it handheld we just had this conversation yeah i
0: don't I, I, I don't play it handheld yeah. it's gonna be played it's here it's gonna
3: be home. on the tv no matter what
0: yeah oh, you don't play handheld at all no i just never take it anywhere like i i i have used it on handheld before it's not like i never use that feature but it, it's generally i i play it at home yeah
1: but you like go around and play it at different spots in your house no
0: no but really? even, if, even if i did we have a switch dock upstairs because the wife plays switch too damn yeah. all right that's how we are there. we have two docks you <laughs> got two docks um all right well jeff producer jeff this is a tiebreaker uh please influence my my purchase <laughs> what do you think i should do should i get a ps get it for the ps5 just for the graphics or should i get it for the switch because i already own the first game on the switch
2: well I- I'm kind of confused about the graphics part on the PS5 because it looks like a Switch game. It doesn't look like it has incredible graphics. I'm not too sure.
0: Well, I mean, it's a gorgeous game, but it's going to run. The PS5 is just much more powerful on the... than the Switch. It's going to run better on the PS5, most likely. That's well, the I mean,
2: it's like a Pixel game almost. I'm not sure what you're expecting out of the performance of the game. You know what I mean?
0: That's fair. So it sounds like you're leaning Switch.
2: Yeah, yeah absolutely, Switch.
0: All right, there it is, folks. You've heard it here first. I'm going to pre-order the game tonight for the Switch. For the Switch. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think it's
3: a lose-lose situation. So. Oh, no,
0: I'm going to love the game regardless. Yeah. All right, yeah. there you go. All right, let's move on with the Nintendo Direct. That comes out February 24th, by the way. Very exciting. Uh, next up... Uh, Oh, and also, I wanted to point out that the... uh, I loved that this segment for the Direct... It's just totally cheesy. Like is like we're gonna have you rolling for these games and like it it was spelled like role-playing and so they start with octopath it's like oh it's a role-playing game and then they go into freaking katamari damashi um we heart katamari Reroll plus royal riviere which great name by the way love 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 the japanese game development game game names just so good um this comes out june 2nd it is a uh yeah it's a remake of a an old katamari game Going back to the role playing theme of, I just love how they just like, all right, we guys, we need a place to put in Katamari, rolling. Put it with the role playing games. Um, next up, we moved to Sea of Stars, which is a retro turn based RPG. Which that's that's a romance game right yeah, there. Yeah. That's that's a Rome game.
3: It looks really pretty too.
0: Turn based RPG, uh, freaking retro graphics. I'm very interested in Sea of Stars. This game looks really good. And they they said that the um, composer is like, I guess a legendary composer. I didn't really catch what games he worked on, but good music too. That's also a big plus for me. Next up, we got an August game, right? Ah, uh, yes. Oh, thank you. Launches August 29th. Next up was a what I coined as the um, the direct game of the direct, uh, Omega Strikers, a free to play air hockey multiplayer game. Launches on Switch April twenty seventh. I can't like they. You see this kind of game on every direct. This,
3: and this one actually looks really cool. I don't know if it'll blow up at
0: all. I just I was like whatever. It,
3: it looks uh, like, pretty
0: cool. I was like okay. Mario Strikers is already on the console. Why would you need to play this? That's just. Mm. Me. Um. Next up was uh, Etrian Odyssey origins collection a remake of the three games in that series a lot of people excited about this not gonna lie i guess maybe because it's a sega game never played any of them never even really heard of the franchise yeah, I,
3: I haven't heard of it before,
0: a lot of though. people were hyped though a lot of people online were hyped about this it looks um, like an old pc it does yeah. it's kind of like a it's kind of like a it's like one of those really old rpgs where it's like a first person dungeon crawler kind of game yeah. really uh interesting for those that want it uh it comes out on june 1st
2: what the heck It's like a Doom. It's like the original
0: Doom. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like it's got one of those old school first person. Like uh, I think Dragon Quest used to play like that. I think like the old Dragon Quest games. Um. Anyways, next up, finally happens. Advanced Wars One and Two reboot camp. The wars of the world are over. I just need the world to keep its shit together until April twenty first. I just need the world to calm down. No more wars. No more shooting down UFOs. Like, you know Nintendo's going to be like, well, all these UFOs, we have to delay Advance Wars again. Yeah. I want Nintendo to release a statement that says, Advance Wars will never release until world peace is achieved. <laughs> and like, and at that point, I need to run for president of the world. Yeah. Because I I, I'm dying for Advance Wars. One, one I like how they just
3: game. showed a cinematic trailer. Like, no more gameplay, none of that. Yeah, absolutely. Gameplays. I caught that, too, where it was just yeah. like,
0: like, you know they were like, okay, we need, like, some animations. Because those aren't from the original game. Those are brand new animations like they definitely spent the last year like okay guys we need to make war look fun he's like andy andy's the little mechanic guy andy's working on a bike max is doing punching the punching bag sam is just riding around on a tank and it's a joyride look how fun tanks are guys like i was like okay <laughs> but i don't give a fuck the game's coming out april 21st thank god super excited for advanced wars 1 plus 2 reboot camp
2: real quick on that ufo thing i hear a bunch of people saying oh my god i think it's aliens and i'm yeah. like if you think one of our airplanes can shoot down an alien you're out of your mind sorry <laughs> yeah
0: it, that, that is well they're saying ufos because that's the that's how like that's what it is it is an unidentified yes. flying object
2: it's the, the original meaning behind the yeah I, I get what you say
0: correct yes but it's not an alien
2: now no, i've heard people say like aliens they're like are those aliens and i'm like you're a moron <laughs>
0: no i know i know um Next up, we got a uh, trailer for Kirby's Return to Dreamland Deluxe. This is a remake of a Wii game. Uh, Demo came out the day of the Direct, and this game launches on February 24th. It includes a brand new um, epilogue that was not in the original game. So, I'm just going to say it. I loved Kirby's Forbidden Lands that came out last year. Mm -hmm. It's getting to the point where there's too many Kirby games. Like, like, I'm sorry. Like kirby is a really cool franchise but you do not need this many kirby they launched two kirby games last year and another one this year and the year before that i believe there was two games that came out that year I mean, it's too much it's too much Kirby. i don't think
3: it's too much I it's mean, absolutely too much i think if you're a kirby fan you're eating well i don't think it's too much kirby we, I, I said that, i had the same complaint about pokemon we had three pokemon games in a year span and you said
0: yeah but it's, <laughs> but it's
1: pokemon let's so- let's soccer, i live his best life okay Sakurai's like,
3: I
0: love I fucking love Kirby guy.
3: He's been, he's been <laughs> denied Kirby. They've been sticking him in the Smash Brothers room. Let him let this man.
0: Look, I'm not hating on the game. I'm just saying I think there's an oversaturation of Kirby games. That's all I'm saying. Is this I'm even not Kirby? What is this? What? Doesn't, this doesn't look like Kirby. That ain't Kirby. No, that's the character that's going to be in the epilogue. And I believe his name is Magalore. Okay, so it's not a Kirby game. It is a Kirby Magdalor game. Magalore game. Kirby is the star of the entire game. It's just this epilogue that has Magalore. It's in the Kirby universe. Nah, it's Magalore. It's the Kirby cinematic universe. Uh, that
3: was a big, big one.
0: Oh, yes. Next up, we got a really cool surprise that I was extremely hyped for. The Game Boy, Game Boy Color games are coming to the Nintendo Switch. Um, none of which are Pokemon. Yes. So, so my uh, original take was... Give us Pokemon, you cowards. It's unfortunate. My phone died. I had my notes on here. But I was like, give us Pokemon, you cowards. And then at the end, they were like, Pokemon trading card game coming soon. And I'm like, you bastards. Um, yeah, okay, well, Pokemon trading card game actually kind of hype. No, it is. Um, I think we're absolutely going to get Pokemon eventually. I think that they were just, they're waiting. Pokemon Day is this month. So we might get that announcement sooner than we think.
3: But sure. we'll see.
0: Um, the six game or the games that... Uh, are coming to Game Boy are Tetris, Super Mario Land 2, Six Golden Coins, The Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening DX, fantastic game, by the way, uh, and Gargoyle's Quest. There were more games um, announced, but unfortunately, my notes were on my phone, and my phone's dead, so I'm going off of what I'm looking at right now. Um, Other games that were announced to be coming soon, I remember, were the Zelda Oracle games, Kirby Pinball, so more Kirby. Oh, another Kirby game! Metroid 2 is coming on the service. Um, The original Kirby's Return to Dream Land. 3. Warland three, thank you. You must. Did you look up the list? Oh, that's not. Or I thought we were looking at the same thing. I guess not. Um, or you have the video playing. I don't know. it Doesn't matter. Um, Game Boy Advance games. Yes, that was. So here's the thing. Game Boy Advance. Fucking love the Game Boy Advance. Like, what a great system. God damn it, forced in the Discord.
3: <laughs>
0: the Terry Battle joke is over. Now it's gonna be Kirby every day. <laughs> Or Kirby in a terror. Right a, back.
3: Every week, he, it's a new way to torture you. If he finds a new. It way to you. doesn't
0: work though. Uh, the, the thing he does, the thing Forrest doesn't understand is I torture myself. <laughs> I don't need help. Um, but anyways, yeah. So Game Boy Advance games come into the service real quick though. Game Boy games, really cool. Got to give them the props. You could play these games in the Game Boy version, the Game Boy, the Game Boy Pocket version, or the Game Boy Color yeah. version. Yeah. Each game, that's really cool. Yeah. Um, also, they offer online play and local play. So you can play Tetris, 1v1. Like, I just want the Pokemon games. Like, I just want Gold and Silver and Crystal on my Switch, please. Yes. Um, the Game Boy Advance games were announced as well. Uh, games coming out, Mario Kart Super Circuit, The Legend of Zelda, Minish Cap, and um, do you have the full list? Because that's uh, all that this is what I'm Mario,
3: and Luigi, uh, Sega.
0: Mario, Mario, Luigi Superstar Saga. Superstar Saga. Great yeah. game.
3: Let's see. We also got oh, that's
0: big. Metro Fusion, Fusion, great game.
3: Another Kirby, Kirby, Amazing Mirror. Yeah. Fire Emblem.
0: You, oh, F- so F- Fire zero. Emblem. So Fire Emblem is coming soon. It's yeah, not yeah, coming. It's not,
3: yeah, these aren't the ones that are going to be. So like, the coming
0: soon way. games had me super hyped because Fire Emblem. That's a, that. I love that game. Yeah, F- like game like... Golden Sun. Golden Sun. Yeah. Golden Sun. Let's go. Golden Sun is a great game. I'm so excited. But so I'm. I'm really happy. So. Game Boy games are on the $5 or the the base tier for Nintendo Switch Online whereas the GBA game and the Game Boy games are on the expansion pass tier. Um I think this was a great move for them. I think you have to add value to your NSO service, which Nintendo is doing a very good job with doing. My biggest critique is I hope that when the next system comes out, we don't reset. Keep the NSO Keep what they have, and just keep building. Please do not reset this
3: It's Nintendo, too. So you they gotta... probably will. They
0: will. And you know what's crazy? You know what's crazy? Absolutely going to buy it. Gonna I'm going to pay for it. But at least you'll stop paying
3: for the Switch one, you know what I mean? I oh, yeah, yeah. It.
0: It'll yeah. just balance out. Yeah. But, yeah. Um. But So this, for me, was the biggest announcement of the show in terms of a surprise. Um. Because yeah. the next one coming up, we argued about this for months because Jeff Grubb said this was coming. You were like, I don't know if you, believe, you should believe Jeff Grubb. Um, Metroid Prime Remastered. Announced and shadow dropped. Yeah. And that's how you know they were done the game for a long and time.
3: I, I, this is nothing we agreed we argued about. I didn't think they were gonna do a pack for Metroid. The same way I don't think they're gonna do a pack for Zelda. Those are too big, those franchises are way too big, you can make a lot of money. Either so way, it's fine, I'll big. buy them across. Yeah. But I was I was surprised still. Like,
0: uh this was yeah, this was so cool. Uh I'm waiting for the physical version, um, which is coming out here in the States. So they said February 22nd. It's the 3rd of March, I think. That's in the UK. Oh, okay. Yeah, this is you were looking at Eurogamer right now okay. for this list. Um, but so it comes out February 22nd the physical copy. Although Amazon was telling me the 13th, but today is the 13th and it's not here, so I don't know. Um, but I'm <laughs> very excited to play Metroid Prime Remastered. I've heard nothing but great things since about the remaster specifically. People are really loving it and I'm very excited to play Metroid Prime with like two sticks. Yeah. I'm so excited. Can't wait to play this. Um, and that shadow drop was huge. Um, at this point, I got back to riding high. Direct was not doing so hot. It got back up there, though, with Game Boy, Game Boy Advance, and Metroid Prime. Still had an issue, but we'll talk about it. Next up, we got another actually pretty cool game uh, called the Master Detective Archives Rain Code. Um, yeah. It was kind of like a... This was another one of these, like It was like a supernatural detective game. Uh, Apparently, it was made by the minds behind the Danganronpa series. Yeah,
1: yeah. He, uh, my wife is very excited for this. Uh, It's the next new game in the Don. It's not connected to the Danganronpa series, but it's it's similar and it's the same guy. You could you could tell it's his art style. Okay. Like Uh, yeah, this
0: looks great. Everything he
1: touches, you can tell it's him.
3: This does this does look really cool. It's it has a very like persona vibe to it yeah. which i think is also
0: yeah i think june's kind of packed for me already but this is this is another game that's going to add up and end up on my amazon wishlist like yeah i know be... i
1: know the wife is going to get this she's been on this things like i think it got like loosely just a just like a title got
0: shown and she was like already on board cool yeah i, I they actually showed this off before the direct this was shown somewhere yeah. else. i think it was the last direct wasn't it it would
1: maybe it was no. It was the one before that. There was nothing on it last direct. Okay, I didn't see this. One. Okay,
0: yeah, this was shown before. It was All shown right. once,
1: and it was yeah. just like code yeah. rain or whatever. And then now they're you're getting like gameplay trailer.
0: Yep, and this launches on June thirtieth. Nice. Next up, we got remasters of the GameCube RPGs. Uh, Bat and Kaidos 1 and 2 are coming out as Baton Kaidos 1 and 2 HD Remaster. I own these games. They are expensive as fuck. Really? They are very expensive games. What do you own them for? GameCube? GameCube, yeah. Okay. They're part of the GameCube collection. See, during the pandemic, I started collecting GameCube games, and I also kind of dipped my toes into the higher echelon of GameCube collecting, the more expensive ones, because I, like, I do not even play these games before, but I was like, oh, well, they seem very sought after. So, like, I was like Thanos. I was like, you know. Skies of Arcadia, very expensive. I paid 100, 100, over a hundred dollars for that game. I remember sitting there with the wife, and I'm like, "Should I buy this?" And she's like, "If it makes you happy." <laughs> <laughs> and I bought it. It was great condition, though. It's really, really, it's excellent condition and very rare game. So very happy with that. Anyways, um, yeah, I like that fun. we're at the point now where we're getting GameCube games getting remastered. That's exciting for yeah. me. I want to see Keep all the remaster. Yeah, of darkness. Gale
1: of, Gale of darkness. One TV Robo,
0: so complete. Like that's a really expensive game too. That game's crazy. I don't own that one. That's really expensive. Yeah, TV Robo is so. Cheap. It's like three hundred dollars. Yeah, it's a expensive. It's very rare. Very expensive GameCube game. They remake that. I'm buying that for sure. Yeah. Um. Did I yeah, give no. you TV Robo Dev? No, I don't.
4: No. you TV Robo. You know,
0: GameCube, hmm. one of the greatest consoles of all time. It really I'm just, was. I'm just gonna say it. It doesn't. It gets a lot of hate because it looked like a like a purple lunchbox. That 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 console. That was literally that, the point.
3: The best Mario <laughs> parties. I love that console.
0: I won't go that far. The N sixty four has the best Mario the parties. Best. That well, so now you're now you're just now you one of the best Mario cars. Now you're making me seem like a fool because now you're making me look out to be like I'm wrong no, when I, I say to. the GameCube. <laughs>
3: no, I agree. with you. The GameCube is amazing.
0: No, I mean like it had the best Zelda games on it: Wind Waker, Twilight Princess, Ocarina Majora got ports too. The Majora port sucks, but it's still on there. Um, you know.
3: One of the best Mario cards with Double Dash.
0: Double Dash is very good. Double Dash Actually, Melee is the oh, yeah. third best Smash Brothers. Second. That's fine. I'll I'll give you that. Melee uh, still is
1: played religiously.
0: I understand that. Second. I understand that. Subspace Emissary, though, is so fucking good. Brawl is better than Melee because of Subspace Emissary. Don't, don't even care.
3: Uh, Let's just... maybe from a story standpoint? Oh, you we got... you've been here too
0: long. Okay, 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 okay. Um, next up, uh, level five, uh, another surprise from them, Fantasy Life, The Girl the girl Who Steals Time comes out this year, Nintendo Switch.
3: It's good. It looks like an Animal Crossing.
0: Yeah, uh, with yeah. combat. Yeah. Animal Crossing with combat was oh, what yeah. I had in my notes. Um, and then this was a big surprise for... Because this is a very well-known franchise. I've never played any of them before. I love Professor Layton. Yeah, him. we got a new Professor Layton from Level 5 as well. Yeah. Level 5, that studio, man. I'm they they it, yeah. had like four games announced at, the, at the, uh, this Direct. Yeah, I'm, I'm, um,
3: I'm getting this for sure.
0: Yeah, Professor Layton, Professor Layton and the New World of Steam. Yeah. You know what would be really ironic if this game comes out on Steam? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Professor Layton games are on Steam. No. It be like the New World of Steam. For I wonder Professor how it'll work because
3: I've played most of them on... On DS and like having the touch screen there, that's how you played most of these games. So, I'm wondering how it's going to work on a single screen console.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Uh, next up was Wave 4 of the Mario Kart 8 Deluxe Booster Course Pass DLC. Um, it's notable because it's adding a character for the first time in the in the uh Booster Course Pass, yeah. it adds Birdo, so good for them.
3: Long live Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Well, I mean, hey
0: man, they're making it really hard to make a Mario Kart 9, yeah. Like, and, and all this, all these DLC maps or these courses. All Available with the expansion pass, yeah, crazy. Um, but it's great. And then lastly, we got a trailer for The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. This looks incredible, really <laughs> this does. looks so good. I'm
3: so excited for this game. I'm
0: so excited. They, they announced an amiibo, already had the amiibo pre ordered. Um, the, they announced a special edition, they broke my heart. Um, CalPers got them, yeah, yeah, I really wanted it. But How
3: much are they reselling it for? I
0: did not even look at it. I, I refuse to, to okay. give in to scalpers. I won't do it. I won't even look. So it's if it's not meant to be, it's not meant to be. But apparently retailers didn't take in-store pre-orders either. Like, because I was going to go to GameStop. Because I was off the day after the direct. I was like, oh, I'll go to GameStop. I saw online, like, no no physical stores had them. I was like, damn. That sucked. That really sucked. But this game looks incredible. Um, Yes, this game is going to be $70. I will pay $70 to play Tears of the Kingdom. This this game looks just absolutely incredible. I mean, obviously I have a bias. I love the Legend of Zelda. Um, I'm so excited. Gandor's in this game. I think Zelda dies in this game. I love
3: the map. It's just everything about this game just looks it's just incredible. It's so cool. I
0: don't like I like the Legend of Zelda is just perfection. Like it's just perfect. Like, I mean I, I I wasn't a fan of Link riding a John Deere. But other than that, like
3: I'm so, Dragon Wheels.
0: It, you know what people on the internet were saying? It was like it reminded them of Banjo Kazooie, nuts and bolts, because he's driving around on, like those those crazy cars. But I mean, other than that, like I, yeah, this game is going to be incredible. I can't wait to play this game. Um, it's going to be so good. So that was the Nintendo Direct. Um, so here's the thing, right? There was a lot of there were some things on this Direct that I really liked. I don't think it was a good direct overall. Um, I think that there were no surprises, really. No, there weren't. Um, not you from
3: you. Don't think you don't count Metroid Prime Master as a surprise for the
0: the Shadow Drop, sure. But or, the fact that it
3: or the Game Boy and Game Boy Advance games—that's kind of like we weren't
0: expecting that. We it's... knew they were coming. We there was we knew they were coming. But, okay, so like here's the thing. That's a big. That's a big thing for me. Yes, the Game Boy games, Game Boy Advance games, absolutely big thing for me. Big surprise in terms of when they were coming. Um, And I'm very happy that they're coming. And they're they're very, well, they're here. I'm very happy that we have these games now. When you say no surprise, you mean nothing? Uh,
3: My thing is... You knew everything was going to be coming. You just didn't know.
0: Well, so my thing is, when I say no surprises, like, let's look at the big, the, the, the first party announcements. It was Pikmin. It was Splatoon. Expansion Pass. It was Metroid Prime Remaster. It was the Game Boy, the NSO editions. And then it was Zelda. We knew all these games were coming. Obviously, Metroid Prime, like, wasn't officially announced, but, like, when when you have so many leakers saying the same thing, you know it's coming. Like, it, like, it would, like, I, I had zero doubt that this was a, was a thing. Am I hyped for it? Absolutely. Am I hyped for Pikmin? Yes. Zelda? God, yes. But, like, I think that this Nintendo Direct is a clear sign that we are currently in the last year of the Switch's life cycle. Yeah. I mean, like, look at what they're doing. Like, it's... It's... A bunch of expansion passes for existing games. I think Zelda Tears of the Kingdom is their big swan song. I think that Pikmin, it's coming out in July, and that's even though it's, that's technically the swan song, I think Zelda's the last big game for this console. Maybe, like, I think Pokemon Scarlet, Scarlet and Violet, I think they're going to have an expansion this year for the holiday season. I don't think we're getting a new Pokemon game this year. I think that this is going to be it for the Switch, and then we'll get uh, the new the next Nintendo console next year. Like, first half of next year, even. Okay. what what were your thoughts on the direct overall
3: uh while watching it, I was like, man, this is kind of a drag like they yeah. some they showed they showed like a good thing and then it was like a lot of games I just didn't care about but i uh, I feel like the highs definitely beat the lows I think this was a I think this was a good direct. I won't say great, but this was definitely a good direct okay well they they put dates on things that were coming this year,
0: so what would you give it as a grade uh
3: b minus okay? Twelve
4: five, yeah. So B minus. Um. I give it a six. So for me, I because
0: I didn't grade it. There's a lot of cool stuff on this direct, Metroid Prime, the Nintendo, the uh, N S O editions, Zelda. Like the N S O games themselves are adding Zelda games. So it's like, uh, like out of in terms of like what was actually in the direct, like regardless of whether it was a surprise or not, it's a pretty decently high grade for me. I mean, I to change the change to B plus. Like, like with like not taking surprises into consideration, I think it's a b plus. I think the lack of surprises, which like that's kind of what the directs are like really centered around, you usually get at least one one big surprise. It leans b minus maybe c but, yeah, so I'm gonna kind of center in on a b, um, which for me is a disappointment of a direct because directs are usually a's for me. Like I very rarely do I look at a direct and like, man, that was terrible. Or like, man, that was just okay or just good. Uh, Forrest, what did you think about this direct?
1: Uh, for me, a lot of stuff just didn't hit. I was like, okay. Um, there's maybe except for the
0: fashion, huh? Except for the fashion game.
1: Yeah, oh yeah, the fashion game. Let me tell you. Um, no, just a lot of stuff didn't hit for me, and I was just kind of like, okay. Uh, the the Mega Man Battle Network uh port was actually kind of hype. Cause we used to play that a lot at the, uh, in high school at the, at the, uh, what's it called? Table. The lunch table. So that was hype. Um, the Metroid prime dope, uh, upon rewatching it with you guys, as the stream has gone on, I was, I was more down on it and I was going to be like, dude, this sucked. Like who gives a crap? If I don't care about Zelda and Pikmin, this wasn't worth watching. Whereas now I'm kind of like, okay, well, actually some of the stuff in the middle was pretty good. I still don't care about Zelda or uh, Pikmin 4, but I I do like that there is three Kirby games coming out that's going to be dope this year. Can't wait for that. Not going to play any of them. I'm just going to point it out for the rest of the week. And then, um, yeah, just, you know, it was okay. I'd give it like, as as a great man once said, i give it a six. Which is a B. Which is a B. B's
0: across the board. Producer Jeff, do you have any thoughts on the Nintendo Direct?
2: Uh, Well, to be honest, that was the first Nintendo Direct I had ever watched from beginning to end. And so I was a little confused. I mean, I guess I wouldn't say confused because I understand they have to show all of their games. It just felt so all over the place for someone who's never watched one before That I felt like I was like, man, I'm gonna leave and come back in 20 minutes when they show the Zelda thing. Like, it it was just weird that so, it went so all over the place. I feel like they should have different videos focusing on genres, but, you know, it is what it is. That was just my first time, that's all.
3: Yeah, so yeah, that's a very Nintendo thing too, like, the Nintendo organization is always kind of like, I would say jarring, but they're very diverse.
0: Once you watch them you kinda of get into the you kinda of get into the swing of it where it's like, okay, they open the show with like a first party thing, usually a big thing, and then they do a, a bunch of headlines, just quick trailers, kinda of rapid fire through some trailers. And then they come back and they do another big like trailer announcement, which was the Splatoon thing this time, which wasn't big at all, um, in my opinion. And then they go and they do like some other trailers, which usually there's like some sort of very loose theme, which this time it was like role playing but also they threw katamari in there um, and then they end with usually one or two big segments um, but so yeah, I, I could see why you thought it was all over the place, but they, they that's kind of generally how they're structured. But you get used to it. um do you want to give it a grade, Jeff or are you just cool with just your thoughts? I'll give it a
2: like a b minus okay. that uh that influencer game really uh, really put it on a downturn that should have that game should have been right before zelda you should have saved that to the very oh, end no,
0: no, 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 no. and you'll then put
2: it before zelda
0: no you'll never see a game like that there you'll never see a game that <laughs> of but I, I get i get your point he, um, it's the, he wanted it to
1: be the piss break match yeah yeah
0: he wanted it to be the quarter seven <laughs> of dynamite match <laughs> um all right well yeah that was the nintendo direct guys i think we uh we generally enjoyed it I, again i think it's kind of the end for the switch unfortunately which kind of sad but also hopefully we get a better switch more powerful switch soon yeah we'll probably talk about that at some point this year what we want from our next nintendo console um all right uh dev forrest you guys got anything else you want to you want to add to the show
3: i think i think we're done here
0: all right let's let producer jeff go to bed this has been episode 14 of the game room podcast Thank you to everyone hanging out with us. Please leave a like and a subscribe. And while you're at it, go check out some of our other videos. We talk about video games every Monday night here. We also talk about uh, pro wrestling, more specifically AEW. We have our AEW Dynamite Wednesday review, and we also have our Rampage Friday review. Uh, You can follow us at our social medias down below in the description. Do not follow Forrest on Twitch. Uh, He does not people follow him. In fact, he gets very upset. Uh, He cries. He often cries. While he's doing his territory battles. Blitz, thank you for hanging out with us tonight. Uh, hey, Blitz. really appreciate it. Uh, until next time, we'll see you guys later. Peace!